0: Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking sports locally and nationally. Join the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for a holiday edition of the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I'm your host, Kenem. Joining me in the studio as always
1: is the co host. It's Padawan J. I realize it's the the holiday season, everyone's in a giving mood. Who decided to give the Cowboys an extra couple hour layover in Philly after their stinker yesterday?
0: It's called Karma, my friend, and uh, it found them in a fun in a fun, fun way. Yes. Also joining us in the studio is another co host is your coach. It is my coach. It is the coach back from playing Flip Cup with Daniel and Eli. It's Coach Duffy.
2: Hey, there was a Saquon Barkley showing more importantly i i I saw it i was i was in shock i couldn't believe it i was i mean not to say that i was starting to think he was a bust, but there was a little bit of paranoia going through my head well,
0: he decided to show up when the fantasy playoffs were all said and done, so yeah, right? he, didn't, he, didn't of course. Help, he didn't help anybody out, so thanks a lot for that. Better make up for next season, otherwise you're cut. But let's get right into it, folks. Shall we waste no more time? We're going to be talking about the latest and greatest going on in the world of sports, so definitely hit us up, OchoDuroParleyHour.com. Join the conversation on our social media channels, and remember to use the hashtag, hashtag ODPH locks and leaps you know we kick off each episode with our recap of this past week's nfl action padawan J is taking that lead into the final mm-hmm. week so let's recap pad kick us off with who you got
1: well for my lock i decided to take the baltimore ravens going up against the cleveland browns i'm looking at it you know lamar jackson's on a roll cleveland couldn't throw a ball into that that lake they got over there if they were standing on a dock uh, in Baltimore, ended up winning. Uh, final score thirty-one to fifteen. Uh, Lamar Jackson twenty-one, or excuse me, twenty of thirty-one for two hundred and thirty-eight yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Baker Mayfield twenty of thirty-three, one hundred and ninety-two yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception.
2: Coach, your thoughts? Oh, uh, we we shared this, yes. Pat and I, on yes. this lock. So uh, low-hanging fruit, basically. I mean, Baltimore, yeah. uh, Cleveland, right now. Yeah, I mean, as great as Baltimore has been, Cleveland, I would say, is more of a mess.
1: They're stinkers.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I'm just, what else can you say about this Cleveland team? I mean, if Freddie Kitchens returns next year, that would be
1: astonishing. It'd be, uh, the, it'd be the most surprising move I can think of in recent NFL history. I,
2: I mean, I understand the notion that it, he is a first time head coach and off, coming from an, uh, first-time a first time being a call, you know, offensive coordinator last year so literally you know just right up the coaching tree up the coaching line up into being a head coach so it's like you know a whirlwind probably for him probably very overwhelming they probably would have been sooner you know better off pairing him with maybe an experienced guy as far as a coordinator or defensive coordinator somebody there that could have helped him you know as far as just managing a team but he is way over his head he looks lost The personalities that he has on this team is not helping him. You know, when you get the volatility that is uh, Odell Beckham Jr., when he can, you know, and we saw it with the Giants, you know, what he did. When he has a guy that he can walk all over, he will take advantage of that and he will walk all over you. Like I said last week on the show, when he has a strong personality in front of him, he is the quietest player in the world. When he was at LSU, never heard a peep out of him. Never even hear his name. Yeah. And he was a great yeah. player. Yeah. But never heard any problems. Yeah. That, Tom Coughlin, yeah, there was the injury bug that Con you know, sure. Tom, you know, Coughlin got annoyed with, but that's an old school mentality with a new school way. So, you know, there's the agitation there. But then obviously with Mac, McAdoo, he you know, deer in headlights too, so Odell Beckham took completely advantage of him. That's what's going on right now. So I mean I next year I don't know what you do I, now I've seen Urban Meyer has been attached to that job which would be ama- I mean that'd be wild if that happened um and then on the flip side of it Baltimore I mean the riches go to spoils I mean yeah. caught Cleveland at a great time the, the Baltimore's offense right now was clicking on all cylinders even when uh Cleveland was up in this game and Baltimore's offense was fluttering they made the adjustments they came out in the second quarter and put you know a couple t- quick touchdowns on them and Open the game wide open. The one thing you got to take
0: away from this is Freddie Kitchens needs to go. Yeah, absolutely. This is the prime example. Of why he does not deserve a second chance to come back. He just he can't. He can't
1: because it'd be one of those things where like, okay, first time head coach, first job. You know, if it was like maybe like a little closer to go you know, finishing eight and eight, you're like, all right. But like, and you look at some of their games, they would be like, okay, if there were you know close losses, just one or two bad drives, you know, really cost them. It'd be one thing, but like you look at some of their games, you know, they're not really close losses. When they lose, they lose ugly. I mean, week one, they lost 43-13 to to Tennessee. You know, New England, 27-13. You know, a couple weeks ago, or last week against Arizona, 38-24 loss. Like... It's not like, oh, darn, you had a missed field goal. You had a drop, you know, third down conversion that really would have won you the game. No, it's just you're getting beaten ugly.
0: Well, he's getting beaten ugly, but he's also making the body language that makes it well-known. He is completely lost out there. He's even getting caught on camera saying, I don't know what I'm doing. And then the prime example, he got into it with Odell Beckham Jr. on the sidelines. Yeah, Yeah. And you lose that argument on
2: television where it is caught on film. Mm -hmm. You're done. Well, I mean, it's just when you look at when we did our preseason preview Mm -hmm. and we looked at all the talent that they had from top to bottom. Yeah, you know, they traded their best guard to, uh, you know, their right guard to the Giants in that trade for Vernon uh, and Beckham, you know, whatever. That can be replaced. Sure. So the biggest question going into the year was the offensive line. Skill players. Out the wazoo. I mean, oh, yeah. wide receiver stacked. Re- Landry, Russia. Beckham. You know, yeah, wide receiver stacked. So you're sitting here and you're talking about a team that, on paper, offensively, should have been firing all on all cylinders. Especially given the fact that last year the offense was probably their strongest thing to end the year. Mm. You know, so you would have thought that this year they would have came in. You know, kitchens now a- after being the. Uh, uh, well, after you know the way that they finished and the w- relationship that he developed with Baker, you would have thought that they would have been firing on all cylinders. They would have been on the same page. You know, in comes Beckham. Let's bring him in the fold. You know, Landry goes to the other side. Beckham goes on the primary side, and now boom! You know, you just plug and play. Um, and and Kareem Hunt and Chubb's, you know, who's having a tremendous year. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. insane. I mean, yeah. Obviously, he developed a ton as the year went on last year, but I mean, this year. He should have been the primary ball handler. I mean, he should have been getting the ball more. And there's times just like in Dallas where they forget about him and then they they, you know, that's when they really start to lose in games. So yeah, it's just it's a thing of like a man clearly over his head, overwhelmed, and no ability to to salvage anything,
1: and on paper, you look at it, and out in the NFC, you've got uh, San Francisco and New Orleans, you know, fighting it out to the very last week for that number one seed in the NFC conference, and, and on paper, you look at Baltimore and you look at Cleveland, and you should you would think that okay, you know, that would be the same just in the AFC, but it's so hilariously not the case.
0: No, it definitely is the case of like two sides of a coin. Yeah, because on paper at the preseason. With the amount of skill players that Cleveland has, and
1: Cleveland came out at three and one in, after the preseason, yes. and
2: defensively too, they have skill players too.
0: Uh, exactly. I mean, take away the situation from Miles Garrett, they are still loaded on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. Yeah. The problem is they have no discipline and culture set up there. Oh. And the inmates are running the asylum, and Freddie Kitchens is. It's like that meme that when the house is on fire and somebody's going, "Oh, everything is fine." Yeah. That is that meme. Oh, to yeah. the letter. And if John Dorsey is going to still have his job as GM, he needs to cut ties with Kitchens. It's the problem that you have with like a Rex Ryan type. When you have a player or coach that is so player-friendly and is more concerned about making them happy instead of running the team, you're not going to get anywhere. And teams were figuring out Baker Mayfield, but he bought into his own hype as it's apparently shown.
2: I I don't think it's so much, um, you know, he's a player's coach. I just think he is a man literally like McAdoo. I mean it's the same it's the same thing like I've watched it I've seen this I've seen it every Sunday it's the same thing it's a man who is clearly overwhelmed by the situation who has no idea what he is doing and by having no idea what he's doing he is the players are able to take advantage of him and it's not that he wants I don't think he wants to be that He just can't literally help it. Like, Belichick walks in a room, he demands Mm -hmm. the room and the audience. You know, like, that is a man walking in that room. You know, when you see and you watch, you know, Andy Reid shuffle into a room, he's demanding the room, you know. Like, those kind of, Harbaugh, you know, you know when he walks in. Oh, yeah, no, they're respecting him. When I, if I was in the room and I saw Freddie Kitchens walk in, I would think that I was getting ready for a stand-up show. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. He's wearing a shirt to give the other team bulletin board material. Yeah, that's which is example. just like I understand you want to support your guys, but that is not the way to do it. As the face of your team, right?
1: Well, and to your point, they absolutely have no leaders on the field. They might have you know, quote unquote, captains that sure. go, that go to midfield for the you know the coin toss or whatever. But when it comes to huddle situations, sideline situations, crunch time situations, there is nobody on that side, offense, defense, or special teams stepping up. The example I can think of couple of years ago when Gerard Mayo was still playing and he was a linebacker with the Patriots went down with an injury he was the captain he had the you know he had the headset mic piece whatever it is in the helmet you know making play calls doing this doing that went down with an injury you know it was like with the Yankees next man up you know then yeah. Dante Hightower stepped up and was leading that defense and was captain in that defense he missed a few weeks and it was somebody like a Devin McCourty there's always somebody you know with these great teams that okay Guy, you know, leader goes down, somebody else steps up to fill that role. Who's stepping up in these offensive or defensive huddles for Cleveland? Well, I'd,
2: I mean, you would have thought like this team needs Joe Thomas. Yeah, like, this is the guy that like at you know the former left tackle of Cleveland. Like that's a guy that if they still had him in the locker room, uh-huh. none of this shit would be going on. Exactly, like, none of this. Well, you have the helmet slam, everything. He would have been pulling dudes aside and ripping them a new. So ass, they would have been know? up by the
1: scruff of their you know scruff of their neck up, up against the locker. What are you doing?
2: Yeah, and I think the problem is now is that the quote-unquote leadership that they have you know baker's obviously captain i think uh you know probably another wide receiver i don't even know i, yeah, mean, I think it doesn't like, matter what injury is yeah but i mean when you look at the fact that you know you talk about baker being the face of the franchise as the starting quarterback you know he should be the one that's demanding the locker room and he's not because he's giving into the voice you know not giving in the voices but you can see by that press conference when he you know yeah. was uh, you know basically attacking the media that just shows like there's outside presence that's chirping in his ear that he's starting to listen to a little bit well that's the thing when you buy into your own hype and they did which I don't blame him at the beginning of the
0: season if you're kind of feeling a little extra confident you got all these offensive weapons it, it, you're seeming like your culture is finally changing you want to buy into that sure but when reality sets in and if it hasn't take a look in the mirror because you're six and nine. And right, you are going to be outside looking in yet again. So Cleveland really needs to sit back this offseason and make some changes, got to start with the heads down. Because if they look across to Baltimore and the culture they have set up there, Lamar Jackson is your MVP. No question, no question. about
2: question. No question.
0: They've locked up the number one seed. They're sitting, guys. They're, they're not even worried about it. They're not worried. Mark Ingram, he's sitting this week. He's not even going to be suiting up. Lamar, Lamar's yeah, gonna sitting. Yeah, everybody's going to be sitting. And it doesn't matter. They can yell big trust on the sidelines all they want. Yeah, they, don't, yeah
1: they ain't got to worry about nothing. Well, since we didn't know, I decided to look it up. Uh, the Cleveland Browns starters, or excuse me, captains were Baker Mayfield, no. uh, linebacker Christian Kirksey, who was on IR, and long snapper Charlie Hughlett. Uh, so enough said.
0: Yeah, Cleveland, you need work. Baltimore is setting the precedent, so make sure to follow it. And it was a great win for Baltimore, mm-hmm. continuing the ball rolling. Another team that needed to do that was the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. which was Pad's leap as well as mine. Yep. So, Pad, break that down for us.
1: How about them Cowboys? How uh, about oh, man. them Cowboys? How about Stephen A. Smith on first take this oh morning? Oh, my God. Oh. Out, of c- out of control. Must see TV. Uh, yes. Uh, so, in a must-win situation, the Dallas Cowboys went into Philly, had to win. You know, division was on the line. Uh, could not come up with the win. Uh, Philly came out uh, winning by the final score of seventeen to nine. Carson Wentz thirty-one of forty for three hundred and nineteen yards passing, one touchdown, no interceptions. Dak Prescott twenty-five of forty-four for two hundred and sixty-five yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Coach,
2: yeah. So I got really a couple things. Uh, Philly plays better. Carson Wentz plays better without his starting wide receivers. This is now back to back. Tremendous wins with Aguilar, Jeffries uh, on the uh, on the sidelines watching, unable to play, um, and he's playing great. And then uh, on the flip side of that, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Um, I don't know what I mean. I don't know what they're doing again. I don't get it. I don't I understand. Don't think they know they. I mean, thirteen carries for Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, yep. the Philadelphia run defense is. Pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not necessarily where yeah. you want to attack. So, I can understand maybe not getting Zeke as many touches as I've complained about before. But my biggest gripe that I have with this game was on that 4th and 7 call, 4th and 8 call within the 24, 25-yard line, mm. they go for it yeah. for, for a touchdown. With 107 left in the game, you still have three timeouts. Why not just get the first down? I mean, you all you need to do is – I mean – all right, run, you know, 15-yard patterns, you're still, you know, within time frame of getting to, to the ball and snapping it yeah. in within 5 to 10 seconds. You know, I mean, why go for it on a fourth and 8? That make that that play call in itself made no sense. Dak Prescott going for it all on that play call also made no sense. I just to me it's like that That is a decision where you got to pull. You know that's where you almost want to call timeout and say, no, 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 I don't like this play. We we got we got reassess this as a head coach. You know, so I mean, obviously, Kellen Moore, play caller. You know, this is where you know your head coach has got to step in. You got to say, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, Jason Garrett's got to say, hey, hey, it's fourth and eight. Why are we running a go route? On a fourth and eight, let's get this freaking first down and then worry about plugging, you know, punching this in.
1: Yeah, it, the play calling for Dallas just makes absolutely no sense. It's almost like when you're watching a TV show or a movie and your main character's got to get into a door or a locked room. And he goes up there, or he goes in front of a computer and he goes, I have no idea what to do. And he just starts hitting everything. It feels like the same way with the play calling for Dallas where they have no idea what to do and they're just like flipping through the playbook going, ah, you know, let's try this.
0: Dallas is so polarizing that you don't know what team you're going to see each week. And it's a shame because they have the best offensive line in the league, mm-hmm. arguably the best running back in the league, and yet you still can't find a way to put points on the board. Yeah, still,
2: and you got Amari Cooper.
0: Yeah. You have, yeah. I mean, they have weapons. Yeah. They, they should be putting up a lot more points. And if it's on Jason Garrett, then Garrett's got to go. I mean, just this inconsistency when these are crucial games they need to win. And it's either him or Kellen Moore. I don't know who is calling the plays, but they have to realize this is not a
2: video game. Yeah, you can't hit reset.
1: Mm-hmm. You These, can't. You can't adjust the settings or change the sliders to make it easy for you. I,
2: exactly. I literally, when I saw that route, I mean, I was watching it with you know with my wife, and I literally, I screamed out loud, "Why would you run that route on fourth and eight? Because when I first saw it and it happened, I was like. All right, third. I thought it was third and eight. Like I just, you know, lost track of the downs, and I was like, "All right, going for it." I appreciate that, but then when I saw it was fourth and eight, and the ball turnover, I mean, I'm not even a Dallas fan. I'm sitting here like, "What the hell? Yeah. Like, what are you doing?" Yeah. And then when you know, then of course the booth review, and I just, I was Atrocious. laughing. I was, I was like, "Come on!" If the uh, Saints getting are uh, the uh, the Houston Texans one. Where he literally got tackled in the end zone, mm. uh, wasn't called the Hopkins one. Then this is definitely like I go I was just like thinking if this is called pass interference and the Hopkins one wasn't where he was literally tackled in the end zone, then this shit is rigged because that would have been the most asinine call I've ever seen in my life.
0: It it just goes to show how the season is. I mean, well, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't called pass interference, which it wasn't. It was.
2: I mean, both guys were locked arms. You could see that Gallup was, you know, holding on a little bit, and so the refs let it play, and that's the right call.
0: It's the right call, but like I say, it just kind of sums up how the NFC East is. I mean, that is so. bad. Oh God! (laughs) Oh, excuse me. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like like, stuff like this happens, and we should be like really like flipped out and like really amped up, but it's like. It, no, it, no it, you're just it's, like oh, well, it's
1: yeah. surprising because it's a division full of history and tradition and 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 longtime rivalries and just the lineage, you know, with the Cowboys and the Giants and, and, sure. and the great Eagles teams and and all this. But like you're sitting there and your division winner is going to be going in with maybe one win above 500 if yeah, they're lucky, like if that.
0: It's just so mesmerizing to see how the fall from grace is happening because oh, with, da- with Dallas. You should be doing better. Dow should definitely net. be ten six. Yeah, Garrett, I mean
1: Garrett's as good as gone. I, I oh, yeah. We, I think you know Jones would do it, but we all know how much he likes to control the narrative and kind of the, like the media stories with him when it comes to his team, mm-hmm. and and he wants you know folks talking about what he wants them to talk about, and he doesn't want the mess that would be firing Garrett with one game left. Well,
2: I mean game. they all, they still control their destiny. And yeah, I, mean, I mean yeah, they're still a team that I wouldn't want to see in the playoffs. No, because anything could happen once right. they're in the
0: playoffs. That's the thing that maybe. Somehow, some way, they realize. Oh, let's give Zeke the ball
2: and again, let go. and let's see what happens. Yeah. I mean, last week they gave Zeke the, Zeke the ball. Yeah, they won the game handily. Yeah, exactly. Then you have this game, and you don't, and you lose handily. So, yeah, I mean, I just think the biggest thing is, uh, too, is you know, as an NFC East guy, these Eagles fans just calm down. I mean, you are you're eight and seven. The division is gross, and you are sitting here on your mountaintop. Bum, bum, bum. You know, like you are calling out everybody. Like, let's sell. Like, no, this is nothing to celebrate. You still have to go into New York, who Mm -hmm. just played very well in Washington and played you two weeks ago very well with Mm -hmm. Eli at the helm. Again, now in New York with them playing inspired football. I would be more worried about that than I would be about anything else because if Dallas wins, you're toast. Yeah. So you have literally. I mean, Dallas is playing with house money. Yeah, because if you if Philly loses and Dallas loses, Dallas is still in. So you guys sitting here bumping your chests and parading around, not so fast, my friend. Exactly. It's, almost,
1: it's almost like the football guys knew this was going to happen because I'm looking at the schedule. Like Coach said, Philly's playing the Giants on Sunday. Game time? I think I don't know. I mean, one o'clock, four twenty-five. Oh, it is four twenty-five. Dallas is playing Washington on Sunday.
2: 425. Oh, I said that that would be awesome. I told my wife, I go, there would be two scenarios that would be sick. I said, if one was if Philly played at one and then Dallas played at four, which is normally what happens. The Giants right. always play at one. Dallas is always at four because of sure. Fox. Uh, then I was like, that would be awesome because if Philly wins, now, da- now the pressure and all the eyes will be on Dallas in mm-hmm. the Washington game. Yeah. And then I was like, or the other cool scenario would be if the games are on at four, up against each other. Yeah, that's what they like, are. You know, scoreboard watching. You I'm know, sport, the,
1: sports boards are gonna be a little busy this Sunday.
2: Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. Like, th- that sucks though because now the now us in New York won't get yeah. the Washington Cowboys game unless maybe like for some reason the NFL does something special and they bump it to CBS. Maybe. Something could happen there, but it's going to be really fun
0: football to watch oh, this week. Oh, man.
2: I So, I mean, I love what they do with the scheduling. I mean, I know this is a complete sidebar, but I love the fact that you play division rivals, you know, pretty much from week 15 on. Right. That is awesome. I right. mean, yeah, all right, started out early. That's great. Like, the Giants always play the Cowboys week one, and, you know, normally they play Philly like week, you know, four or five, and then Washington somewhere in there but my God, like when you get to week 16 and 17 besides that year that they played New England week right, 17
1: right. Th- this is who I want to play you know week well, 17 I th- I did i think they did that before they instituted like they they all played divisional teams the final week of the season Oh, okay. So that—that oh, that is actually a rule. I, oh, oh, yeah. I didn't know that was a rule. Well, I don't I think—I don't—I don't think it's necessarily a rule, but I think it's just something that, that like, like, unwritten. Yeah, yeah, they, like they a just, little, like because they got—I t- think they—they they got tired of like having so many games at the end of the season. Oh, right, right. That didn't matter. That was yeah, like yeah. at the end of the season where it's like you know, and no offense to anybody who are fans of these teams, that it was like a Detroit in like a Jacksonville where it's Whoa. like okay, there's no there's no implications on this for playoffs. It doesn't really matter at for anything. Somebody better go call Baltimore because they don't give a shit. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's going to be just some fun football, and especially division rival games, you can't beat it. So obviously, Dallas has their fate in their hands, and Philly. For all the chest bumping you've been doing all week. Yeah? All week. All I've seen. All I've seen. You had better show up on Sunday. No,
2: mm-hmm. oh, get – you know, these people that are the first people that run Carson Wentz out of town. Oh, we should have kept Nick Falls. Oh, oh, Philly sucks. Oh, and now these people are like, oh, Carson Wentz is my quarterback. I love him. He's the greatest quarterback of all
0: time. Philly is a rabid fan base, and there's – No, it's,
2: it's a, a – ju- ju- I mean, all right, I, I'm a New York guy, but Philly fans are a joke. I listen. I know that I have my animosity towards Daniel Jones, but it's only because of these morons who sit here and bash Eli just for the namesake of doing it Mm. because it's cool. Like, I got two Super Bowls off of Eli, so thank you for your service. Enjoy retirement. I'm glad you went out 500. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, but you guys sitting here ripping him apart, just it's ignorant. Like, all right, great. Daniel Jones played well against Washington. Clap, you know, round of applause, three hundred and fifty two yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Wow, tremendous performance. Washington, folks, the Redskins.
0: Yeah, enough said.
2: And yeah, and I mean whatever. Like okay. Like <laughs> I mean, Saquon Barkley was literally walking through holes. It was so wide open. And the offensive line for the Giants, last time I checked, still sucks.
0: And this team is going to be the one that shows up against Philly on Sunday, so who knows what's going hey, to happen.
2: Hey, I'm telling you what, I like the chances in them G-men. I also, listen, Washington with Haskins, not playing bad. Not playing bad. No? Not playing bad. Not great, but not playing terrible. Serviceable. He So I've, he went down in the second half and Casey Keenum came in and played very well in spot relief. But in that first half, I mean, it was literally Giants marched down the field, 7 nothing. Washington can come race back down the other side, 7-7. Giants score, 14. Washington, 14. Boom, boom, boom. And then finally they got two stop back-to-back punts. And I was like, then the Giants scored to go up 28-14. I was like, all right, now we've opened this game up. But then Washington comes right back uh, in the third quarter and puts it 28-21. But then the Giants went 35-21 and then pretty much just held on. Yeah. Until it went to overtime and then, you know, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Hey, hey, team bonding, man. Unity. Unity. But the problem is they just got Schumer an extension or another year because they're not going to fire him now. We'll have to see. They, no, had, no, never they say had, never They had No. I He had one job, one job this year cultivate Daniel Jones and make him a prospect. That was his job, that was his assigned duty. You can't be mad at a guy throwing three fifty two with five touchdowns. No, like you can't fire a guy who just had his quarterback play like that.
0: I don't know they can do it in Miami. Fitzpatrick did it. Listen, that is,
2: <laughs> so Speed is not a rookie.
0: Speaking of that AFC East, we will go to coaches' leap, and dare I say, one of the best games of the weekend. And I'm not trying to say this as a homer, but I'm saying the Bills Patriots game was a lot better. Albeit, though, it did not end up the way the coach and I were leaning. Pad, you got the score.
1: Yeah, uh, so the New England Patriots ended, def- ended up defeating the Buffalo Bills by the final score of 24-17. to uh, Tom Brady, 26 of 33 for 271 yards passing, one touchdown, no interceptions. Josh Allen, 13 of 26 for 208 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Coach?
2: I feel like I owe you an apology. No, you don't. I, no, no, I do because I – so the NFL Network – uh was not working on my uh, Apple TV for whatever various reasons. So I um, had to watch the game on my phone. And, you know, when you watch games on phones, you kind of get a little distracted because you're like, oh, Twitter, oh, Facebook, oh, and a game, you know. So I I would come back and forth to the game. Every time I checked back, Buffalo would be doing well, and then I would check back in, and then Buffalo wouldn't do well. Mm. And then I would Leave and then Buffalo would do well again, and then I'd come back to it, and then they'd stop doing well, and then you know ultimately the last drive. I go, I'm not a jinx. I don't believe in this. I'm 30 plus years old. Jinx aren't a real thing. Superstition, silly nonsense. I'm gonna watch the game. I'm sorry. You know, I watched. I watched the last drive. I but I, <laughs> I I don't specifically. I watched two plays: the third down uh, and the fourth down. So. Yeah. Again, I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I take
0: your apology, but I'm not charging with it because <laughs> what my takeaways from this, and I definitely want to get Pads' opinion. Obviously, he, he being the Patriots fan in the room, the Bills played well. They didn't close, and they struggled in the fourth quarter. Young teams, young teams yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, which I fully had the feeling they were going to do. I love the fact though that they closed out the first half strong with a touchdown drive to Dawkins. Which nobody saw coming, right? And that was a Patriot move, if I've seen one. To see though the second half, and I'm not going to harp too much about the Edelman fake injury nonsense that's breaking. You know,
1: he's fake. everybody does it,
2: yeah. Which or the face mask,
0: yeah. Like there the blown call that was the face because referees miss calls all the time. Yeah, I'm going to just stick to the point that one John Brown did burn Stephen Gilmore. Yeah. For a very good touchdown, and I was super excited since Gilmore defected from us to New England. And the second half was all Patriots run game that the Bills struggled against. That down in the crunch time, Burkhead really was pushing the yards. Sony Michel had a great run to really open up the the you know, the field on him. That the Patriots did what the Patriots do. They wore down the Bills. And the Bills were hanging in there, albeit though a couple bad penalties. But you can't take away the fact that the Patriots still are going to scrap no matter what the score is. Brady is going to be Brady. And obviously getting that touchdown, the Bills were coming back down the field. A couple inaccurate passes from uh, Josh Allen did not help matters. I mean, the one that went right by Knox. It was like one foot closer. Yeah. Would have been that touchdown. But Coach, Story it, of
2: Buffalo's life, though.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but but it's a young team. At least yeah. it didn't, didn't go wide right.
2: Yeah, for real. I can say that, dang it. I thought about saying it, but I didn't want to go there. No, no, because I hate. Or at least the wide receiver didn't have to crawl back if through the end zone to catch the ball. Exactly. Yeah. But for Buffalo, though, this was a, a good you know litmus
0: test because even though they did lose to the Patriots, they did hang tough. Yeah. They did lose to Baltimore. They hung tough against the best team in the league. For a young team that is still trying to find their way and really get their identity to learn how to close games, this is a good learning experience going into the playoffs, and that's where I take it For real,
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't – I don't – like, when the Giants lost that game to the Patriots in uh, 07, I was like, oh, bummer, you know, they go undefeated, whatever. But the whole time I was like, wow, they played them super tough. I mean, they Mm -hmm. were blow for blow.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like,
2: this is awesome. I didn't think that it was going to turn into what it turned into – you know, all of a sudden on the road every single game in this magical run. So, like, if I'm a Buffalo fan, like, I take the fact that we were in two games against New England, both, you know, the first one, especially ugly offensively, Yeah. then this game a little bit better and only lost by a total of what, like 13, 14 points?
0: This one was seven, yeah. Yeah, seven. seven. What was yeah. the last one? Last one I think was right around that. Was right so right, yeah, it was like 13. six or yeah. yeah so because, so because you Josh lost, got taken out.
2: So you lost a total of both games by thirteen points. Yeah. Six. Yeah. So thirteen. So you've literally been in both games within striking distance. I mean, my god, it was a fourth and nine that you know you could have easily or fourth and goal, right? Yeah. That I mean, one catch and then it's a touchdown. You know. And the hardest thing to do in football is probably score on New England in the, on the goal line at Foxborough. when you're not. Yeah, at Foxborough uh, well, when yeah, you're not on the on the actual goal line.
1: It's you know Brady and Belichick in in December where they've got like single digit losses, and then it's also the the wild stat I saw was rookie or second year quarterbacks going into new england in december have like one win if if not zero
2: and you're in the playoffs yeah you are you're already in so all these are just pieces for momentum you're just literally rolling downhill right now building up steam so i mean if i'm buffalo i'm taking this as you know stride and saying hey we're right there we're right there and if i'm new england I'm just happy with a win because they had looked like trash
1: well, I'm, two I'm, weeks in a row. I'm happy with a win, and I'm also happy that you know we finally had a decent run defense where it wasn't like the balls getting run down our throats for sure for 60 minutes.
2: Yeah, no,
0: you,
1: you have to take be happy well, about that. Well, I
2: mean, my God, what the last two weeks New England's looked terrible.
0: I mean, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: that Kansas City game and then the game, the Houston game. I mean, it was <clears throat> the panic button was out. Like, yeah. I mean the case the key was in the case and it was turned and the case was lifted and the finger was like right there but then this win I think probably solidifies you know a little bit of comfort my yeah. my biggest thing is is you know I don't think that this team in particular is going to be a good playoff road team I probably just don't not. think I think they needed home field advantage yeah to, to make it to the super bowl and I mean they they're the two seed right yes so who I mean they would potentially play I mean Baltimore ball, well not in the second round I'm saying. no no
0: sec, no second round they they would probably get the winner of Houston and Buffalo
2: so I mean could the, be, the hardest thing doing sports is be a team three times yeah. So Buffalo, obviously, And Buffalo already feels comfortable playing there. So yeah, it's not like they're not
0: afraid to go into New England. That's the point, yeah. They're not afraid to go in there, and they're looking good, but they just have to make some changes on offense. Not drastic, nothing super crazy, but the fact that they still were putting up points, they still were taking shots, they were keeping the offense pretty well balanced, albeit though I wish they were kind of giving Singletary the ball a little more, but I can, I can live with that for the week. And like I say, Patriots now clinch the number two seed. The Bills are locked in for number five. It looks like they're going to play Houston, which I'm more happy with because if they had to go to Arrowhead, I was not liking that, especially after the beatdown they gave Chicago on Sunday night. Pad you got the score on that.
1: My lord, uh, to quote The Rock, this was an absolute smackdown. Uh the Kansas City Chiefs thrashed the Chicago Bears by the final score of 26 to 3. Patrick Mahomes 23 of 33 for 251 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Mitchell Trubisky 18 of 34 for 157 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Coach, did you guys know that
2: the Bears had a chance to draft Patrick Mahomes? Yes, I did, did you? not. Did oh, you know I... that that they had a chance to draft Patrick no, Mahomes? No, I and, mean, and the petty gesture. Oh, oh my God, I was marking out for that. I so I you know I don't even know really what to say about Chicago. They're bad. They're bad. They're offensively just bad, bad. And I don't think it's just Trapinski. I think the problem is I think it's a little bit of play calling. I think it's the lack of talent in the backfield because I mean honestly. Their running backs don't strike fear in me. They you know, Cohen and Montgomery, they just they're not used right. So I, I don't worry about Cohen, that. Cohen
1: two carries for eight yards. Yeah, and I mean for as hyped as Cohen was going into the year, he's yeah. been a dud. I was saying also you look at the receiving core, okay, yeah, they got Allen Robinson who's a who's a Decent core, uh, receiver. Yeah. But it, it goes to like you've seen with a lot of teams over the years. Okay, he's you got one good receiver. You're going to double that guy and try and have your other receivers try and beat you. And let's be honest, I'm looking at the other top uh, three receivers uh, Javon Wims, Tarek Cohen, and then Jesper Horstead. Uh, are any of those names striking fear into you? Who? Who? Well,
2: I'll say I really liked what Chris Collinsworth had said on the broadcast about the fact that, you know, when they were reminding us that the Bears had a chance to draft patrick mahomes uh that matt nagy came from kansas city Mm -hmm. so he's running a similar system so the the biggest thing uh and the biggest x factor that what kansas city has that chicago doesn't besides patrick mahomes who could have been drafted by the chicago bears um is the fact that they have travis kelsey Yep. And they have the weapons on the outside. Obviously, Tariq Hill is a dynamic player, uh, arguably, probably a once in a lifetime type talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that on the outside plus Kelsey. But when you think about it, if the Bears could get a more elite tight end, which is rare, like I'm not saying that they're going to find a Travis Kelsey because there is no, but few if they big for an between. upgrade of what they But got, if they though. could get an upgrade from what they've got, then I would think that when you pair him with Allen Robinson, they'd be in a much better position. Like, uh, you know, uh, obviously, like, uh, and, I mean, it's tough because, like, I like to think that Evan Ingram is an elite tight end, but when I look at what George Kittle and uh, what Travis Gronk. Kelsey do and yeah. what Gronk did was they could block. Yeah, and they oh, could yeah. Dy- they could block dynamically. I saw plays where, I mean, Kittle was taking on, uh, last week was taking on the Rams uh, defensive end, or A.J. Hawk, multiple times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they went toe-to-toe, and, you know, Hawk won his, and Kittle won his, but he's in there pass blocking as a tight end. And Travis Kelsey I saw a couple times take on Mac, So, I mean, you're talking about a guy taking on arguably the best defender in all of the NFL yep. and as a tight end who's not even, you know, yeah, they get taught how to, pass block, but that's not what they do. Like, they, they run block and they run routes, you know? Yeah. So, you know, you talk about that type of talent that Kansas City has that that Chicago doesn't, I think that hurts. And, yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is what he is. I mean, he's a cheat code on on the field in real life. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point I literally – there was a play um, where Mac was in his face literally all but about to sack Patrick Mahomes, and he just dumps the ball – out to the flat where his uh, safety release was for the running back, I think it was West at the time, um, caught it and got a 12-yard gain out of yeah. nothing. And Patrick Mahomes wasn't even looking where he threw the ball. He just knew where he was. The And the sidearm throw that's on Instagram right now, where yeah, he literally ridiculous. is literally bending his arm to throw it around the defender, the guy does things that elite players I mean, even Brady, for as amazing as he was, oh, cannot yeah. do. No, no. So, how do you defend that? And how do you how do you sit there and say, "All right, the Bears had the chance to draft him, but they took Trubinsky"? Like you don't know that that's what's no, going to come of this. No. Kansas City sure traded up to get him at twelve, but they they loved the skill set they had. They didn't like. If you mean to tell me that they knew what they were getting when they drafted him at twelve, I would slap you in the face because
1: there's I, no way they knew that. I also think if if everything stays the same, just in this hypothetical scenario, we're swapping Patrick Mahomes for Mitchell Trubisky. I think he, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, there's no way in hell he could make this Bears team no, any good. Exa- no, and, and that's exactly
2: the point because they don't have the same skill set and wide receivers as they do at, at Kansas City currently. And not to mention, you still have, for as bad as Andy Reid is under two minutes, he's very he, outside of the two-minute drill. He's one of the most elite coaches you can have in all of the NFL. Yeah. So you pair that with him versus Trebinsky, who is now on year three. Yep. I believe with so. two head coaches now in his career, mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing you can do for you ask a young quarterback to do. Ask Alex Smith what oh, threw his God. career off track. Was having Him. five offensive coordinators in 5 years. I
1: think the only I think the only one as bad if not maybe worse was uh, was it Jason Campbell with the Redskins.
2: Yeah. I mean, you he can't had it
1: just as bad.
2: You can't just bring in a revolving door of coaches and expect a young quarterback to be able to learn a system Take in the knowledge, be able to understand and read defenses, and then regurgitate what he need, what the coaches need him to regurgitate as far as adjustments, audibles, and uh,
1: pass protecting. Yeah, that is not fair. I, I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think Mitchell Trubisky can be decent. You just got to give him something. You got Allen Robinson. You so if he's going to be your downfield guy, you know, your run a streak guy, you got to have a guy in there who can run the short stuff, run the middle stuff. That okay, Robinson isn't open. We got this other guy because right now I get the feeling Allen Robinson is getting double teamed, and none of these other guys are able to make another catch. I mean, their second leading pass catcher was, like I said, was Javon Wims. Three catches he got targeted nine times. Well,
0: that's why I say the Bears need some spark on offense. Trubisky needs to get out of there unless they get a revolving door of more talented players on that offensive side, and they're not going to do it. And if everybody wants to criticize about Mahomes getting drafted at uh, 10, well, fun little fact, who did Kansas City trade to get up that high? Oh, that's right, they traded with the Bills
2: because the Bills could have had him too.
3: You but the Browns
2: you, also, I mean, the Bears could have also.
1: I you didn't know that. Well, that's the thing. That's also like saying 31 other teams could have had Tom Brady. Thank you.
0: And how many other teams could have had Lamar Jackson? You don't know. Yeah. All you know is the tape that you see of these kids when they come out of college. Right, yeah. And the only thing everybody knew about Mahomes is he had a cannon for an arm. That was it. He, how many bowl games did he win in Texas Tech? I mean, not many because Texas Tech was bad those years. Right. So that being said... How do you know? You don't. All you know is okay, does the arm fit the system? And you roll the dice from there. Yeah. Trubisky came in, and everybody was so hyped up because he had the physical intangements that all these pro systems love looking
2: for. Right. It's well, a Sam God. Darnold affair. Oh, God. It yeah. sounds like you're talking about Daniel Jones right now. Yeah, that, oh god! But, but, but that's the thing that all these teams. Ever he's played. got he's got that NFL body, you know. He's got that NFL. Ugh, I guy.
3: like this he's guy. N- he's
2: NFL
0: ready. Yeah, like what the hell does that mean? Nothing. You know what? They look the part, but can they get on the field? Because you know what? Everybody used to say that about Ryan Leaf way back when. And hey, DeMarcus look what Russell. happened. Thank you.
2: The list goes on and on. J.P. Well, Losman.
0: The list goes on and on I and don't,
2: on. I, my problem is, I don't think Trebinski is bad. I think that what they give around him is difficult yes. to be successful with. Yes. I mean, you could plug I outside of like again, a Tom Brady or, you know, another one of those elite quarterbacks. You plug him into Chicago and I don't think they're doing as well. No. No. He's, you know, I mean, you could put Montana back there and I still don't think that he's going to make, you know, these guys successful. So, when you talk about the fact that you're All right. You know, we're gonna. You're gonna go out there and you're gonna have Allen Robinson, and then you're gonna have plug and play. Mm. Go from there. You can't. You. What else can you want him to do? I mean, at least Sam Darnold, for you know, as much as he got ripped on this year, still has somewhat decent talent at wide receiver with Crowder and Robinson who have played better as a year he, or Robinson. Dar- Dar-
1: Darnold's got some got Dar- Darnold's got some pieces you know he can use and, and and you know the Jets have parts they can play with they just might need to tweak or or to- retool a few things. Yeah, I mean, they've they've got a little more upside than I think Chicago has Look
2: right now. at the years that after when um Calvin Johnson retired in Detroit, and Matt you know and Matt Stafford had nothing yeah. as far as weapons. Yeah. You cannot ask a quarterback to be successful without giving him something to play with, that is why Dallas went out and traded a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. That is why uh, you know uh, Houston went out and traded for Denver for a second-round pick for Demarius Thomas because you need to give skill-set players to these wide to these quarterbacks if you want them to be successful. That's why New that, Orleans
1: ponied up for Michael Thomas. Exactly. Yeah.
2: That is why. Grapple. That's why San Francisco went and got Emmanuel Sanders because they knew they needed a guy on the outside to help Kittle get open in the middle. Mm-hmm. These are just things. These are truths. These are these are absolutes in yeah. the NFL. And when you and when the, you sacrifice offensive skill set to build a defense and you put all your money on that side of the ball, you end up with Carolina mm-hmm. and Chicago. Yeah. It's the easiest
0: way to say that like, Chicago just needs work. Kansas City had put in the work, and they got the players to get them to the playoffs. I mean, just it was a stat-quote game just for how disappointing Chicago was this season. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: As, as a Chicago fan, you watch this game and you just say more of the same.
1: Yeah, that double doink, though. Yeah,
2: <laughs> we, I didn't even want to go there. I was trying to get in the Christmas spirit, but hey,
0: that's how the ball kicks in sometimes in the NFL. So <laughs> that's how the ball kicks. That's how the ball, ball
2: kicks ball sails. Exactly. I, I will say though, uh one thing about the NBC broadcast that I love. Sure. I love the field goal stat that they show. Where like they show oh, the yeah. projected of what it would be good from the
4: ball yeah. speed and the tra- yeah.
2: and the flight path. Yeah. I love that stat. I just, that is a nerdy stat to love, and I don't give a shit, but I love it because I just love to think, like, all right, you know, they line up for a 46 yarder, and they always, you know, kick those ones a little more flatter just to make sure. sure it cuts through the air. But then, like, you see, oh, that would have been good from 56, and you're like, all right, my kicker can't kick those. You know,
1: I think the only thing close to it in sports, and I can't speak for hockey, but I, I know with baseball when it comes to the home run. Derby, yeah, the the, the home projected landing. Well, well, yeah, well, you got the home run derby where okay, they got the launch angle and the velocity and the distance. But then with the home run derby, ESPN tweaks in this other one where it was like, okay, what would it have gone if there was nothing to stop it? And oh uh, that, yeah, so that that's, cool. that's cool.
2: That's I, cool. I like that stat. Like, yeah, that's because then you like, like in the situation with the Giants yesterday when it was like. Uh, uh, the fourth at the end of the game, and Rosas was originally walking out to kick a sixty-three footer, mm. and I was like, "What are you smoking? He yeah. can't kick that!" You know, like it would have been fun maybe to see because earlier he had missed um a forty-three yarder. Like maybe it would have been fun to see. Like, all right, where would that forty-three yarder have been good from
3: Yeah, you
0: know,
2: I just some fun. Yeah, NBC, good job.
0: Hey, it's a nice way to wrap up the weekend, though, because I know we got one more game tonight that really doesn't matter as we record on Monday, since both teams are just kind of fighting for home field advantage for yep. for the playoffs. Well, right? I mean, for those fan bases. Well, Ooh. for them. Ooh. You know, for <laughs> those skulls, it matters. Shout out to Soundguy Galore JR, who will be uh-huh. listening to this. It's going to be a you know nice way to cap in the week, and then next week everything is a fair game. Oh, yeah. What can you say? Dallas-Philly, NFC East Can't games are going, to be, are going to be the must-watch games. I didn't
2: realize that. I'm very excited the fact that both those games are four because I might have, like on my phone, I might have the, the Cowboys game from the because Yahoo Sports, fa- fantasy football, shout-out to them letting you watch football for free. Uh, I might watch that on that one and then have the Giants on Fox on my TV.
0: There you go. Whoever puts the curse on, the coach curse.
2: I listen. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I hope the I the, I hope the NFC East burns down. <laughs> like I hope it just Seth Rollins and burns down.
0: Have to wait. It's to see terrible. What, have to wait and see what happens this Sunday. But let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag #ODPH. What was your thoughts about this past week's NFL action? We definitely want to know. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be
2: right back
4: are you single are you divorced co-parenting married to a ghost pirate are you
2: in an open relationship with a sword and a jouster at the ren fair do you love dating because you never thought you'd be single again do you find yourself mindlessly swiping on dating apps only to stumble into people you already know
3: or already slept with
2: well sit back and relax and grab a cup of coffee and share a laugh or two with us this is why i'm single please
0: look for why i'm single wherever you listen to podcasts
3: and remember don't be a douchebag
4: Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Bington.
3: Woo! Hot lips touching,
4: cool fast feet, shot around in her spine.
0: Coming back for segment number two on this edition of the ODPH podcast, and let's talk a little NBA basketball. Basketball is Just my not favorite sport. The Knicks? No, no, Coach. I'm trying okay. to be. I'm trying to be festive and like good Thank spirits you. here on this holiday edition but, of the ODPH. Appreciate that. But
1: but the Knicks are playing Brooklyn on Thursday.
0: This is the day after, oh, so you oh, know the holidays fun. are technically over. But I mm. still
1: f-
2: no
0: Knicks. No, hmm. no. Except when we beat them, then we're going to get very, very ignorant. I'll be loud. I'll be loud then. But, I I mean, we might get kicked off for fall of Friday. Like, that might happen. Mike Miller,
2: coach of the year. Yeah. Two wins.
0: Something might happen. But this week, though, is the NBA's big Christmas Day schedule. Now, Mm -hmm. if you're not too familiar, why is this important, you ask? Technically, this is like when the season really kicks oh, off. Oh it's just yeah mm-hmm. that you kind of know how each team is doing by this stage. It's not the halfway point, but this is like the unofficial tip off of the season.
4: yeah,
2: I would say it's like the uh like I don't even know what to it's just like an elite schedule base of games that just it's a premier amount of talent playing. On the on this day that you know there's nothing else going on, you know obviously you're it's with your family and 12 stuff.
1: Twelve hours of basketball. Yeah,
2: you're with your family and stuff, but NBA is the only ticket in town, baby, yep, and they yeah. know it. And they put on a showcase. That's the word I was looking for. A showcase of games. Yes. That I I mean personally, Christmas Day basketball is possibly outside of you know the the family stuff is my favorite part of Christmas. Yeah. I love christmas day basketball i mean kobe bryant nicks come out in those ugly ass orange uniforms in oh. one year uh you those know those were atrocious yeah the the Shaq uh heat rivalry yeah uh, or the Shaq uh kobe rivalry when he was playing with the heat you know yeah. I, I, the, you know cleveland golden state when Co- lebron was there yeah and uh i mean then you know in the early days the jordan nick games Ooh. that were always so so good to watch i mean it's just I mean, obviously that basketball is not like it was in the 90s, Ken. I mean, we talk about it all the time. But, I mean, those were the memories that I had because I just remember watching these games and seeing the team beating the shit out of each other and just being like, my God, this is basketball. But now you see these games and it's just the the, um, bitterness and rivalries that they have now, the pettiness of the rivalries that they have now, which is it's still fun to watch. Um, just a different kind
1: of fun. Yeah,
0: it definitely is. So we're going to give a quick breakdown of each game and kind of give our thoughts and opinions. So,
1: Pad, you got the schedule lined up? Yep. So leading off the, uh, day of games, you've got the Boston Celtics traveling up to the six for Christmas day, 12 noon Eastern, uh, the Boston Celtics against the Toronto Raptors the defending champs coach. All right.
2: Um, well, I'm going to play a little game here because I'm going to play the what I would have preferred to have scheduled okay. at this point. So this 12 o'clock game, mm-hmm. I would have actually preferred to have the Knicks play the Pelicans. I would have liked to have the number one and the number two pick playing each other on Christmas Day. I like the idea Pelicans, Zion, yeah, Knicks, Barrett. Was, oh, one and three. three. All right, whatever. Either way, though, I would have liked to have... The two Duke players going against each other, one and three, because they're the ones that are going to be tied to each other for their entire career oh, because yeah, of the fact that they play together. So I thought that would have been a lot of fun, whether it's, you know. And plus, MSG, Christmas Day, it you know, is a time honor tradition like I was talking about before. So I really would have liked seeing those two be in the early morning game because then not a ton of people would have watched if it was bad basketball. And if it was good basketball, then... It's a win win, you know, like you're not, you don't have anything to lose. But this game, uh, Celtics and Raptors, I obviously, the Raptors right now are playing some extremely good basketball. Celtics have been hot lately. Jason Tames playing better. Um, I am gonna go Raptors on this one.
1: No, yeah, it's very interesting because right now, as we record, uh, Boston Celtics are currently second in the Eastern Conference, twenty and seven record, on a three-game winning streak, uh, seven and three in their last ten games, and on the flip side, Toronto is twenty-one and eight. They have won five in a row, and they are six and four in their last ten. Now, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I'm going to lean uh, Raptors on this one just because it's home court. It's Christmas Day. The six is going to be loud. Drake's going to probably be in some sort of wild, ugly Christmas sweater type deal with with like maybe like Vince Carter or something like that. Wild and crazy. Uh, I think it's just going to be Toronto.
0: You know, this game is going to be a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be when it was originally announced. Obviously, yeah. with Kawhi not being in Toronto, right. you weren't really sure this season, okay, what was Toronto going to be?
1: I was honestly surprised. I didn't know the, the Raptors because I haven't been paying that much attention to records in basketball. I see the highlights. But I didn't realize until I was watching SportsCenter this morning, and they were talking about the Raptors' win last night. And I'm like, holy crap, they're 21-8. and eight.
0: Yeah, no, they're playing very solid basketball.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, yeah.
0: So this one is actually going to be a really fun kickoff. Yeah. I'm actually going to take Boston. Okay. I, I think that they got rid of the problem that is Kyrie and shipped sure. him to the other city uh, team in New York City, which we just won't name, uh, th- which he can stay there because I don't want him in MSG in any way, shape, or form unless he buys a ticket. Or visiting. So, yeah. Uh you know, Kemba Walker, I think, has been substantial up there and filled in the role of Kyrie very, very easily.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a similar skill set like we talked about before. I mean, yeah, so, they're both scoring point guards who can distribute. Yeah,
0: and uh, Tatum is benefiting. He's now starting to come into that role. Yeah, he's yeah. really starting
2: which, to blossom this year, which is fun to see because he, his growth was prohibited or was was, slowed down. Oh, yeah, it was slowed down tremendously by Kyrie.
0: So he's reaping the benefits, and like I said, I think he's going to have a big day on Christmas Day. So I'm taking the Celtics there.
1: Next up on the docket? You've got the Milwaukee Bucks playing the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly at 2.30 Eastern on ABC. I should mention the first game is on ESPN.
2: Oh, it's going to be a fun one.
1: So this, I would have preferred the
2: Bucks playing the Raptors on this one. I would have preferred the Toronto defense, you know, led by... Siakam versus Giannis and the perennial MVP candidate. And th- I mean, this is what I would have scheduled before. Like, I'm not changing my mind just because of how they're playing. Oh, no. Like, no. I would have loved to see Siakam, who is a absolute defensive animal, have to go up and guard Giannis right now. But obviously, 76ers, Ben Simmons versus Giannis is a fun matchup, too. Yeah. That got really chippy in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Um, you know, Embiid right now looks a little lost out there. I, I, again another thing of yeah. they don't yeah, I mean they just they don't know what they want to do with him. I mean the problem comes from the fact that again and we've you know beaten this over uh you know a hammer. Ben Simmons just doesn't want to play at the three point line. And no. if you want to be a guard and you, be you a quote, unquote, point guard, you have to be outside. So and B, you know, gets stuck shooting chucking up three pointers instead of having his back to the basket where he belongs. So um for this game I'm leaning Bucks I just They are so dangerous right now, and I know Ben Simmons gave Giannis a really hard time the year before, but I think with the addition of Kyle Korver um, and the additional shooting that the Bucks have right now, um, I, l- I like this team a lot. So I'm gonna, And I mean, to the thumping that they put on the Lakers the other day oh, just goes to show yeah. that they don't care who they're facing, they're going to go in and they're going to stone-cold stunner you, and then they're going to walk out of the building.
1: I mean, it's as the saying goes, you know, something's got to give Uh Currently, as we record, Milwaukee is first in the NBA in offensive uh, points per game with 120.6 points per game. Uh, defensively, uh, Philadelphia is fourth in the NBA with only allowing 104.7 points per game so something's got to give on this one i mean milwaukee currently the one seed out in the east a 27 and 4 record uh three game win streak nine and one in their last 10 philadelphia currently the fifth seed uh 21 and 10 on a one game win streak six and four in their last 10 uh i'm going to be leaning milwaukee on this one just because Giannis is playing like a man possessed and looking like he's trying to go back-to-back with MVP wins. I mean, currently averaging 31 points, 12.9 boards, 5.6 assists per game. Just it, like he's on a man on a mission.
0: I think the deal with Giannis is he knows where he is in the league, and that being the face of the Bucks, perennial MVP candidate. Face
2: of the Knicks. You know, soon, <laughs> soon to be.
0: So if he's going to win a chip for Milwaukee, he knows that window is short. <laughs> Very, and that's because he's leaving. <laughs> I'm drinking that cool <laughs> I mean, you did it's for very... an entire year. So shut up, Pat! Shut helps. up! You shut your mouth. You
3: exactly. Listen, you had. don't talk to
0: us like that, I mean, Pat. That, I like my eggnog, and thank you very much. I'm still drinking <laughs> it.
1: I mean, I'm just saying, did this for a year with with. Just don't get your hopes up like you did, Katie and Kyrie. We'll
2: keep doing it. It's just a vicious cycle. The Knicks are a bad relationship. We've had this discussion before. Yes,
0: and someday they'll come through. So it's I'm relying vicious, on
2: It's a vicious cycle of us being disappointed and boisterous about it. So thus, if he wins the trip for Milwaukee, it'll be easier. It's for him easier to leave. Leave. Exactly. It's easier for leave. It just makes so much sense. Exactly. Like so. if he leaves, if he wins it and brings it back, he's like, hey, I did it. Now if I go to New York, you can't boo me. Look at Ki- look at Kyrie.
4: Kai- fuck yeah. look-
2: leonard yeah hey, i mean he did it for toronto he
0: leaves he comes back he's a hero exactly so if he can win it for milwaukee hey that's why i say i'm rooting for him and that's why i'm taking milwaukee
2: there out. we go that i like that i'm gonna go with that ken let's yeah. do that mentality yeah, That is
0: right. our mentality. go bucks yes we are adopting the bucks yeah, as our yeah. let's game. go
1: bucks fear the deer
2: ale house or yeah, whatever yeah. the hell they call themselves yeah, exactly. cream city yeah we're gonna have to go find out
0: about figure this
1: out fear the deer there you go
0: exactly so next up on the docket
1: uh, uh now I'm just going to preface this. Uh, if you are the person in charge of when your family eats dinner on Christmas Day, and you're an NBA fan, I would schedule it at this time because this one oh on pa- this, uh, this one on paper is not going to be good. Uh, yeah. The Houston Rockets are playing the Golden State Warriors at five o'clock Eastern on ABC.
3: Yeah, so, so.
1: this I
2: would have gone the Lakers and Clippers. This this five PM game. This one is, I would have gone any other team. Yeah, about. well sure. But the five PM game to me is always the game that is the is the game of the evening. because yeah. normally on Christmas you eat early. You know, it's not like Thanksgiving where you're eating, you know, a lot of families might push it off four to six. Like sure. this is Christmas. A lot of people get it out of the way. They're eating early, three thirty, four o'clock. This is the this is the showcase game. This is the game that you want people paying attention to. This is where the Lakers and Clippers should have been because this is what households would have stopped that had basketball fiends in the household, they would have stopped everything they were doing to say, "Hey, I listen, honey, put the kids to bed right now. I got to go watch this game." Um, unfortunately, you know, the schedule makers did not know that right. Steph Curry was going to break his wrist, that Klay Thompson was 1000% not going to be gone that right. was going to be gone, and obviously, you know, people knew that KD wasn't coming back. This year to play, but they also probably didn't know that he was not going to be in, you know, in Golden State right now. So this is a game that just suffers from the schedule coming out early. Obviously, the Warriors suck. Yeah. And good for them. They're going to get a top five pick and they're going to be right back in it next year. I mean, it's projected right now to be that kid from Memphis, Wiseman, that will be filthy with him, Draymond, uh, returning Klay Thompson. D'Angelo, Russell, whatever they yeah. end up doing with him and Curry, yeah. Yeah. they're
1: going to be very good next year. Yeah, but this is this year. I mean, this year we should we should know. Uh, currently, they're last in the Western Conference with a record of six and twenty four.
2: Yeah, it's bad. Um, I mean, so and the Rockets. I mean, I I would. I mean, they should be on Christmas Day, and I'd probably put them in a later day. This might be the the Rockets. I might use. I I know where I'm going to use the Rockets next. Um, I. I mean, it is what it is. This is just poor. It's a poor timing. Yeah, The Rockets should win this game handedly. Shouldn't even be a question. James Harden should easily drop 60-plus points. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say. That's yeah. the
1: only reason you're watching this game is because yeah. like, Christmas Day, quasi-primetime game, You know, the nation and the world are going to be watching. So it's not going to be like, oh, there's a couple other games on that fans might be watching something locally in your area if you're a fan of that. No, like every – basketball fans eyes going to be on this game this is like prime all the ingredients are there for Harden to just go off and and score like 70 or something for sure absurd like that because it's going to be a one-handed affair because the uh the most recent game golden state played this was their starting five draymond green glenn robinson the third uh willie cawley stein damian lee and d'angelo russell Uh, that is not exactly striking fear into me or saying yeah or saying oh this is going to be a real competitive affair
0: yeah, uh, this one. I mean, obviously, the only reason I'm going to watch it, see if Harden can drop a hundred. If there's going to be an <laughs> opportunity, it's this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's the only reason. So, I mean, enough said there. I mean, what, what can you say? The bad scheduling with uh, injuries happening before, before yeah. you know, anybody knew. Yeah. This is why maybe they'll start doing flex scheduling. I don't know. Hard to see about. So, that being said, the marquee game of the day, though. Oh, my Lord, yeah. What, what can you say about this one? Uh,
1: the battle for Los Angeles will begin. Uh, you have the Los Angeles Clippers taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, the Lakers are the home team, I should note. Uh, game time is 8 o'clock Eastern, and the game is on ABC. Uh, what can you say? Yeah, I
2: mean, this would have been my 5 o'clock game. Like I this said, is this, is this would be, have been my this national is showcase. Be good. Uh, I mean... What I would have probably had put here, this is probably where I would have put the uh, a Houston versus OKC game. Okay, You know, Christmas Day always has that one return of an ex-player uh, coming back to the team that he just got traded or left from, so Chris Paul coming back to Houston for the first time in a matchup, um, you know, the, the animosity there with him and Harden, and I mean, OKC's playing well with his leadership, so I mean, that would have been a nice little fun rivalry and chippiness that would have been able to push the 8 o'clock game, mm. Um but, you know, here we are, Lakers, Clippers, tremendous. Talked yeah. about last segment. Love it. I, I like Clippers in this game. Yeah. I think they have too much defense. Uh, you know, LeBron's questionable right now going into the game. Said earlier today that he is planning on playing. So we'll see what that he actually means. Play. Yeah, he does have to play, but, I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, today's NBA, he, he doesn't have to. So I think he will. Yeah. I don't think he's not. I don't think he's not going to sit out Christmas Day because that's,
0: of. That's the thing. I I don't see him sitting out Christmas Day. A but. lot of
2: outside pressures. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe a Space Jam trailer drops. Yeah, uh, it hasn't been talked about, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. This would be a very very good time to do it. Yeah, in this game, in between halftime, um, I yeah. But I'm still I'm I'm liking Clippers. Too much defense. Too much. Kawhi Leonard and his elite ability to slow down LeBron and Paul George is playing really well right now.
1: I mean, yeah, no. This is going to be a great game. Currently, the Lakers are the first seed in the Western Conference, twenty-four and six, on a three-game losing streak, and they are seven and three in their last ten. Uh, the Clippers, meanwhile, are in the four seed, twenty-two and ten. They are have uh, one-game losing streak, and they are six and four in their last ten. I think this is going to be the Clippers because I think under normal circumstances, if this was a one hundred percent LeBron James, like perfectly healthy, nothing issue, you know, nothing going on, I think the Lakers might be able to hang in this and even squeak out a win. You know, maybe by two, three, five points, whatever it is. But you're not dealing with a 100% LeBron James. You're dealing with maybe a 75% LeBron James, 50% LeBron James. You, For the Lakers to beat the Clippers, you need LeBron James at 100% to go up against the defensive juggernaut that is the Clippers. And let's be honest, he's not. So the Clippers are going to be able to feast all over that.
0: Let's just realize that in this day and age, as we close out the 2010s, that Christmas Day for the NBA is going to have the Los Angeles Clippers
1: in the marquee matchup. If you'd have told me that at the start of the decade, I'd have said you're out of your mind.
0: Yeah, I would say back to the Darius Miles and Elden Brand days. Yeah, that maybe, just maybe, that would have happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm throwing it back. The knock yourself out video by yeah. Dedekis. What can I say there? Oh
2: man, yeah, they were fun to
0: watch. They they were, and this team is too. You think about the turnover they did with the biggest free agent acquisition of the offseason, Kawhi Leonard, getting him to leave, which we all kind of thought he was going to leave Toronto, but he did his job. He got him a chip, and he's a legend up there. He'll always have a hero's welcome when he goes to the six. Getting Paul George, though, to join him was the biggest steal of all steals to redefine the Clippers' identity, that they play both sides of the ball. They almost remind me of how San Antonio was in the Duncan and Parker days. Bro, yeah. Just they play both sides of the ball. They win Not flashy, but they'll win. The Lakers, on the other hand, have always been showtime. And getting LeBron there and obviously the drama that was last season to where they are now with Anthony Davis. The mess that it was last year. Exactly. To see where they are now and they're contending. This is going to be the best game of the week. I do like the Clippers in this a lot, even if LeBron does play. Even if he was 100%, I still like the Clippers in this one. It's going to be close, though. I think no matter what, we're talking maybe about a four-point win for the Clippers. I'm not going to give you a score, but I'll say four points. That being said, to close out the night, five games on the day, Yep. Pelicans at
2: Nuggets.
1: 10 Eastern on ESPN. Coach, your thoughts? So I would have gone
2: uh, Portland and Denver here. Yeah. That rivalry last year in the playoffs, yeah. the run that they had, that seven-game series was magic. Let's rekindle that right now. You know, and play that game. We'll say if the game stays in Denver, you would have Mello returning to Denver. Yeah, I mean, so all those things would have been a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, Melo wasn't on the team when, you know, this would have been scheduled. Right. But, yeah, right. I mean, still, I, I, but I still like the fact the idea of Portland. I mean, honestly, I would have probably preferred the game to be in Portland mm-hmm. just because, I mean, that's where the nail was, you know, really set with that three point right. shot made by right. Dame Lillard from you know, the coach's line. Yeah. So, I mean, that would have been a ton of fun, but you know, this game doesn't make a ton of sense to me.
1: No. Uh, well, I mean, on paper, go when they made the schedule Zion and all this, right. Yeah, okay. I was going to feature Zion. No, yeah. and I mean, deal. I
2: understand that. I just, I mean, if you're going to feature Zion, why not, you know, have him like, why Denver, you know, like if I'm doing this, like I would have wanted to put Zion in a position where there would have been a story there, like the RJ Barrett game versus the Knicks. Mm-hmm. You know, two teammates now going up against each other. Um, so that you know, like it's storylines. That's what Christmas Day is about. Wrestling storylines. You yeah. know, like you got to be able to to put and have a um, have a certain narrative to these games. So like Denver new orleans or yeah denver versus the new orleans it's like what's the narrative here what's the story denver's great veteran leadership versus a young rookie team in the pelicans like a young team yeah i guess but that doesn't really excite me that doesn't make me want to stay up till 10 30 being on the east coast and if i'm on the west coast i'm spent after the lakers clippers game like i'm like yeah all right put me to bed you know i had my uh I had my little uh, thing, you know, and I'm ready to go to bed now, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I just, I this is a tough position for this game. I Denver obviously is an elite team. New Orleans right now is Not good. in flux uh, from where <laughs> they were early in the year. Uh, Lonzo Ball, who had rekindled, you know, his game, never in the, lost in the beginning of the season, never lost, has now started to f- kind of fade away a little bit. His yeah, shot yeah, has. You know, I think he dipped from shooting thirty over thirty percent now back down below thirty percent. So, you know, he's not playing very well, and obviously Zion's not playing. So it's like. You know, obviously, it's a very easy game. I think for Denver to win.
1: No, oh, yeah. I mean, you look at it. Uh, currently, the Denver Nuggets are second seed in the West, twenty and eight record. Uh, have won six in a row, and they are seven and three in their last ten. On the flip side, New Orleans Pelicans are second to last with a seven and twenty three record, one game losing streak, and are one and nine in their last ten. And you brought up Lonzo Ball. Uh, fantastic stats here: ten point two points per game, four point seven boards per game, uh, five point three assists per game. I I mean, this is going to be Denver all
2: day. It's not bad for a guy who's not who's starting but isn't finishing games. I mean, it's a crowded backfield. I mean, you want to talk about the Knicks having too many point guards? I mean, New New Orleans Orleans has yeah. New Orleans has you know Drew Holiday who is a quote unquote shooting guard, but you know, or is a point guard who plays shooting guard. So he's you know demanding the ball. Lonzo obviously there. Um, Then they've got. Hart, who also can run on off the ball. So, I mean, it makes it difficult for, you know, Lonzo to be productive. But the problem with Lonzo right now is his shot's off again. Yeah. And he's lost it. You know, and Brandon Ingram, the same thing. You know, another guy who can be on the ball and off the ball. So, you know, when you talk about ball handlers on a team, you know, there's, you know, when a guy's shot's not falling, where's he going to do? He's going to be sitting on the bench. Um, Yeah, it's just, this is a very, it's, it's and I mean, right now in New Orleans, let's talk about trading Drew Holiday. Yeah. So it's like this is this team's in flux. Denver, you read it, second team, best in the West, have been an elite team in the West for the last few years. Yeah,
0: say no more. Yeah, I mean, this should be Denver all day. Pelicans, like you say, are in flux, and they're a young team that has no identity right now.
2: Right, that's why it's like I I get putting Zion here, but why? You know, if maybe anything it should have been Zion. Versus the, uh, or, uh, you know, the last year's first round pick. Yeah. You know, or, you know, what I would have also had like to do. I mean, why isn't Jancic playing on Christmas Day? You know, Dallas versus Denver would have been a fun game. Yeah. As yeah. much as I don't like that snake in Prazingis, Jancic is
1: an elite talent who should be featured. Well, and if he was healthy, I think seeing Zion versus uh, Jancic would be fun.
2: Yeah. I mean, if not, you know, I mean, if not that, like Dallas, a young team so this is where the young team, the young narrative versus the veteran leadership of Denver, that's where that narrative would have played well because now you have this young up and coming nineteen and nine, I think is their record right now. Dallas team featuring one of the you know, arguably best young players in all of the NBA and you know, that snake in the grass, seven foot softy in Prazing bitch. Um coin that. Yes. Um who, you know, is playing the middle and has played decent right now, not tremendous, but played decent, you know, going up against Denver with Paul Millisat, you know, the backcourt that they have. Um, you know, so that would have been a, a fun little up-and-coming game versus the already established team.
0: It's really interesting why they chose that. And like I say, I agree with you. I mean, I think Dallas should have been on there, maybe Dallas at New York. Because it would have been awesome seeing uh
2: Frank yeah Duncan, Frank on Przingis. you know that would have been a fun that would have been a good twelve o'clock that would have been a good opener yeah. too like I would have been okay with that but I think the problem i I mean again though I to me I think this the, the story is in r j Barrett mm-hmm. you know so I would have hung my hat on that but yeah this Denver thing like I mean and Denver's a good team it's just the you know besides uh uh the center who's escaping me right now um you know outside of him there's really not any skill set that you really want to watch in denver you know yeah. like you don't like the, the denver reminds me of san antonio right now cuz they win ugly and they beat you down but they you know they win games yeah. so it's like you don't want to feature a slugfest you know for a game and i mean obviously and denver could win this game by 30 yeah they, i mean this could, <laughs> this could turn out to be really uh, yeah ugly. it could be i mean it literally could be a game where it's 60 to 30 at halftime and new orleans is shooting like sub forty percent from the field and Denver's just closing out on all the shots, playing great defense, shooting above and they're probably shooting above fifty percent and they go into halftime up thirty points.
0: Yeah. I mean anything is possible with it. I mean that's gonna be the fun thing about Christmas Day. The the history of the NBA and this is how the official kickoff is and then obviously the game we all got circled is Clippers and Lakers. Yeah. yeah. It's
2: just and again, I just it's a tough break what's going on in Golden State because I mean obviously that game was scheduled with the mindset of like we were going to get two premier teams at 5 o'clock. And, you know, Golden State has turned into what it turned into.
0: Yeah, I wonder if the NBA is going to try flex scheduling Ah, for next year. Oh, they can't. No, well, you never know. Never say never. It I mean, it's hard
1: to do because it's not exactly like these stadiums, like it's not like in the NFL where you got the stadiums, okay, you can switch the games because nothing else is really going on. The other issue you have is with especially with these arenas like Madison Square Garden, like the Staples Center, that they schedule like a thousand other things going on. Yeah. So like I was just for fun I was looking at Madison Square Garden to see what they're going on because I know we brought up the next playing a couple times. It'd be hard for Madison Square Garden this year because okay, they've got nothing going on christmas day the day after the knicks are going and playing in brooklyn uh wwe is going there for a live show uh the day after christmas well i wonder
0: if they would try doing something like this if they schedule wednesday and thursday games and just say keep both days open in case we need to flex mm, if they try doing something something i'm not saying it's gonna happen but if they wanted
2: to try something like that i could understand that right, right. i just i mean the the difficult part Is yeah, it's just in the scheduling, it's in the logistics. Yeah, because I mean, with the way that the NBA schedule is now, with uh, teams playing, you know, so many games during the week, plus you know the arenas and the venues having to have, uh, you know, concerts, concerts and, and other, you know, hockey, especially for teams that have hockey, which I mean, luckily is on a break right now. Right, but you know they might play. The twenty third, and then you know now you got changed. I so so it's like there's a lot of logistics that go into scheduling uh, the NBA stuff, which is like you know kudos to you NBA schedule makers because I mean you've got to be literally looking at thirty two different calendars, yeah, trying to figure out what arena works on what date, um, and travel schedules and all this bullshit. So it's just like it's a gotta be a logistical nightmare. I mean the NFL, it's just like you could throw a dart, you know, between two teams and then home or away. <laughs> All right, perfect. The Patriots are playing Cincinnati in Cincinnati this year. Done, you know, and then throw a dart at What week? Well, week thirteen. Perfect, guys. Yeah. Everything work out? Yay, you know. Like, because like, the
1: only thing the NFL stadiums really have to worry about scheduling around is you know, okay, you might have like a a state high school football you know thing going on with, with playoffs or whatever, but those are usually on like a Friday or Saturday. Yeah, but then
2: you don't have to change the lines for anything. all yeah. you got to do is extend the hash marks out
0: another yeah. five yards.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. So I mean. It's something the
0: NBA is going to have to kind of look at if they really wanted to explore that route. I don't think they're going to. But looking at the lineup on Christmas Day, they got a lot of good games lined up, and uh, we'll all be tuned in eight o'clock on the Eastern Coast.
2: Yeah, I Uh, mean, and now it's uh, like you said, it's really it's the start, it's the ascension of the NBA schedule. You know, now you're going to really see guys get involved, um, be there, play, commit. You know, really start to to push it a little bit. Um, You know, obviously, there's still going to be load management. And all that jazz, which is fucking, which is insane. I just don't understand. I mean, I grew up with guys playing eighty-two games a year, having the same schedule. Yeah, and all of a sudden now it's you know we can't play back-to-back nights. So it's,
0: it's a different world out there, man. Yeah, it's
2: nuts. That's I it. mean, yeah, and it's so funny because like when we have when people have these arguments about you know who's better, LeBron or Jordan, you know I just go back to LeBron. LeBron can't go out till four a.m. Playing cards and then go drop 60 on the Knicks. Yeah. You know, like he would need to have eight hours of sleep, wake up to the sun sliding in his windows, waking naturally, you know, probably some sort of bird chirping mm-hmm. that he allows, you know, that he selects.
1: Na, 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 mm-hmm. na, na, na. Yeah.
2: And then, you know, he's a rose, you know, his breakfast is already made and everything. No, nah, Jordan just rolled out of the bar, you know, out of a casino and was like, hey, take my cigar, where's my shorts, get me to the arena, let's go to shoot around. It's just like I say, it's a different era. But,
0: yeah. but the one thing that remains the same is it's Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. Hey! And that's how you know we'll all be tuned in this Wednesday to watch. So hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What are your thoughts about this Wednesday's Christmas Day lineup for the NBA? What games are you really amped up for? Which ones are you not and why? Definitely let's have the conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
4: wonderful Wondersaw.
1: Wondersaw. soul. Wonder soul. Wonder soul. Oh, soul hey i'm lucas the host of Winter Soul, a weekly podcast series featuring a variety of topics dealing with life's many passions and experiences join me and friends each week as i discuss topics ranging from pop culture to real life conversations that all can find relatable New episodes bring new guests and new topics and release every Friday. More content can be found on Wonder Soul's YouTube and Twitch channels. Stay up to date and connect with Wondersoul through social media by following us on Twitter and Instagram. And we hope that you enjoy Wondersoul wherever you listen to podcasts. So do good and take care.
4: Hey, this is Johnny Moose from Excite Wrestling, and you're listening to the ODPH. I didn't mess it up. I thought I would. Right now, back
2: to the guys.
0: Coming back for the third segment on this holiday edition of the ODPH
1: podcast. We're We're giving you an extra special gift there, listeners.
0: Yes, we had somebody decide to crash the studio, a longtime favorite of the show. It's the one and only... Nostradogmus. Edwin, what's going on? What's going on? Nothing bum, much. Bum, ba, bum. He heard us talking basketball. He heard us say something about Oklahoma City. He came running in the studio. Yeah. I,
5: I said that OKC should have that been playing a, on Christmas Day. That was a great game last night with L.A. Clippers. Holy cow. I did not watch a second yeah, of it, I'm but back. I'll tell
2: you, I would have loved to have seen Chris Paul go into Houston on Christmas Day. That would have been Thank you very much. My NBA
1: schedule is gets already the better. That. Dog gets a dog's be seal of approval. That would
5: have be been nice.
0: You'll have to tweet out that. Uh, hit him up at, at Coach Duffy 11 He definitely wants to get that smoke with everybody about his schedule. So do you want to see that happen next season? I should post it. I'm I should post the games. Yeah, I'll yeah. post
2: what I would have scheduled.
0: There just, we go. Just post and tag Adam yeah. Silver and NBA in it
2: too.
1: <laughs> Yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure he's that checking those, He's checking those mentions daily.
2: Yeah,
0: for sure. But well, we talked basketball
2: last segment, but we have to talk.
0: College football this little week. little football sandwich. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so bread is NFL and college, and then the meat was the NBA. Yes,
0: because this weekend there's a big couple games going on. It's bowl season, if yeah. you've been following.
2: There's, yes. three, there's three big games this weekend. Oh, okay, that's right. Who's Notre Dame uh, New <laughs> Mexico Bowl. God, yeah. how did that go? Uh, no, uh, the Camping World Bowl, which we talked uh. about. Notre Dame is playing Iowa State, which, hold on real quick. Hold on. It's very, very funny because Notre Dame's playing Iowa State. USC is playing Iowa. So I was telling my wife, I said, this is very funny because Notre Dame, USC, obviously time-honored tradition rivalry. Iowa State and Iowa, time-honored rivalry. So it's very fun that the two are playing each other. Very WWE booking,
0: if Mm. you will.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So obviously this weekend, minus Notre Dame, even though their game is important. Goddamn right it is. Yeah, goddamn right. (laughs) We have our top four teams in the nation. Shake your head, dog dog is shaking very important game one of these days we're gonna get webcam in here for this very important so who is playing for the bcs title game
1: top four teams are in yep so top four teams are in uh the first game to kick off the playoff format you have the number four oklahoma sooners 12 and 1 going up against the number one lsu tigers 13 and 0 uh on espn four o'clock eastern in the chick-fil-a peach bowl taking place from atlanta georgia
2: coach your thoughts on this I mean, Oklahoma has a very uphill battle to fight here.
1: As we sit here recording, uh, LSU is currently favored by 13-and-a-half, and the over-under is 76.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all Oklahoma's offense. <laughs> I mean, Joe, I mean, like I said, last week when I dubbed Joe Burrows the Heisman, um, you know, he is playing lights-out football right now, uh, going to be the first pick in the draft, and I like them to win this game handedly. I actually think that LSU's defense will be able to handle Oklahoma's offense better than um, you know the over under is going to tell. So I wouldn't exactly pick the over on this game, um, but I um, I love Jalen Hurts though. I think he's going to make a great NFL quarterback, especially given the fact that you've seen Lamar Jackson's success. Yeah, that I think you can plug and play him in the same role and watch him succeed. Um, but again, I I like LSU. Gao tigers or Gao oh, yeah. go? How do I don't yeah, know how you say it down go. there. It's go. All right. Yes. Yeah, Gao no. spelled differently.
1: I mean, there you would almost That's think sass. you would almost <laughs> think that there's almost no way LSU can lose this. Thirteen and a right. half points. You know, this, that, and the other. And I think LSU's going to win. That just if I were a betting man wouldn't stop me from throwing a couple bucks down mm-hmm. on Oklahoma just to maybe you know you know and nothing huge that you would you know regret. Putting down later, but maybe you know, ten bucks, twenty bucks, whatever it is. Cause hey, fun.
0: Fair enough, dog. Do you have any feel on this game?
5: I I feel like LSU should cruise, but I I just got a s- sneaky suspicion Oklahoma will make it a little bit closer than everybody is are thinking.
0: So, you're, so you're saying that LSU is going to win, but uh, Oklahoma will cover the spread?
5: Yes.
2: That's
0: preposterous. Ooh, Roll the preposterous. dice.
5: Roll the dice. Jalen Hurts, he knows. Hey, yeah. he knows yeah. I he like Jalen
2: Hurts, but I, I mean, Oklahoma's defense is about as Swiss oh, yeah. cheese as you can get.
5: Yeah, it's a little better than last year. <laughs> I mean, that <laughs> doesn't take much.
2: That defense
1: was also very bad last year. He's
0: not wrong,
1: folks. Heavyweight title fight.
0: Yeah, this one, I, I, I have to agree with Dog. Actually, I think this is going to be a little closer than people realize. But when you have the Heisman-winning Burrow as your quarterback, he's going to want to make a statement thing to solidify mm-hmm. yeah. his number one. He draft doesn't pick. need
2: to make a statement; he is the statement. Well, you... I I heard a story last week that kids were when he played in high school football were putting uh like uh pens and permanent marker in their socks, so when they went through the handshake line, they could sh- they could get his autograph. While they were shaking hands, I mean, wasn't
1: that's how good of a talent kids already saw? Wasn't LeBron doing the same thing in high school too, though? Well, LeBron LeBron
2: was like a different
1: animal. Yeah, LeBron's a whole other thing. I mean,
2: this is a guy Joe Burrows who was a uh, you know scholarship quarterback at Ohio State who couldn't crack the field. Yeah, you know Ed Ogeron comes into his living room, you know, probably screams and yells and brings some gumbo up there. (laughs) Gets him down to LSU, and now he's the Heisman, the number one pick, and arguably the best quarterback in the SEC. Yeah, you have to give him that credit. I mean, obviously,
0: he's going to really want to put on performance. Hertz is going to show up too. I think it's going to be a lot more high scoring than
2: anybody's really leaning. Like I don't, I just LSU. I my thing is that LSU's defense is just so good. Yeah, they're so good and they're underrated. Good. I mean, they put a whooping on the entire SEC. So it's not like games were like back and forth. Like they put a thumping on these teams. Yeah, and so.
0: It's gonna be a really fun one to watch. I do like LSU though to win. And who are they gonna go up against? Pat?
1: Oh, well, the other game you got later that night, uh, taking place at eight o'clock Eastern on ESPN, it is the the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl taking place from Glendale, Arizona, the, where the number three Clemson Tigers, with a thirteen and zero record, are going up against the number two Ohio State Buckeyes with a thirteen and zero record. Coach, your thoughts.
2: Uh, So, I mean, I value my life, so I will have to feel like I have to say Ohio State, but, I mean, it depends on what Ohio State team they're going to get. Are we going to get the Michigan Ohio State team, or are we going to get the team that played Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game that had to fight and claw their way back into the game? Because if it's that team... There's no way they're going to win.
1: say currently as we record, uh, Clemson is favored by 2.5 points and the over-under is 63.
2: And my thing with Clemson is the ACC was an all-time low, quite possibly the worst ACC that we've seen and probably arguably since it really, you know, expanded and, you know, the big six, you know, power conferences became because, I mean, Florida State, awful. You know, North Carolina, they were, you know – probably one of their worst years in the last five years miami is an absolute stinker yeah i mean you can't even try to say anything about them and you know obviously georgia tech's always the bomb of the barrel duke and all these other acc teams just not very good football so i mean it's really for clemson to to you know sink their teeth into and win every year and that's what they do um obviously they still have Um, you know, an elite quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, and they still have a very good run game. They still have a very good defense. So it's not to say that I don't don't dislike them. I just think that the level of talent that they have not played this year and the fact that they won the championship last year, there might be a little bit of a hangover, and I'm going to stay with Ohio State on this one.
0: Dog, you have any feelings on this game?
5: I'd probably go Clemson because – Ohio State's in the Big Ten, so so is Nebraska. So dog keeps at a hundred, folks. Wow! Uh-huh. wow. I'll okay. just call it Clemson because I mean, at the,
2: for college though, don't you like you don't root for the conference? It's different in the NFL. Like I hope Dallas and Philly oh. burn to the ground, but like if Navy was playing in the national title in an independent, <laughs> no. But like if North Carolina was playing in the uh, basketball, you know, since I do cheer for Duke in basketball. I would probably cheer for them to win a national title because I'd want the ACC to win. Oh, hell no. The conference pride, baby. Hell no. Conference no, 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 pride. No,
0: no, 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 no. I'm sorry.
5: Conference not, pride. Not with Big Ten football.
0: Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm 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 rolling with dog on this one. Pish point. posh.
5: That's not even like
1: Ohio, wait, wait, Ohio State and a Nebraska's minute. a rivalry. Wait a minute, we got a Carolina fan and a Duke fan agreeing? What the hell?
0: Okay, mm-hmm. here's the thing. We're
2: not talking basketball.
1: Uh, oh. Okay. okay, if we
2: talk right. college basketball, we will I, I guess it's different because Nordame's not in a conference for football. So like I don't I don't hang my hat on anything, but like in basketball it's like I would much rather the ACC win the national championship than like you know the SEC win it. Oh hell no! Oh man, I don't want no. I don't want to see Alabama win a national championship. Hell no, no. I mean, I oh fuck. I guess that's fair though because I do. I absolutely despise Virginia. Yeah, so don't I, guess,
1: I guess
0: I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe yeah. I'm
2: wrong. All right, Pad, Pad, you, you, who you got? I,
0: I, I, I'm gonna, I need a minute.
1: I'm going to lean uh, Ohio State Buckeyes on this one, and I truly don't have you know a, a rooting interest with either team. I mean, I'm just lo- like Coach brought it up, so I was kind of curious. I was looking at the two schedules. And, I mean, I'm looking at Clemson's schedule, and it's not really jumping out to me to, like a lot of people. It's co- bad. It's, you know, okay, they beat Wofford. Congratulations. You beat Aww. North Carolina State. Congratulations. You beat, you no, know, not really this year. You know, you beat Wake Forest. No. Congratulations. I mean, you, while on the flip side, you look at. What was there out of conference, though? What was there, besides Wofford, what was there out of conference? I would have to pull that up. I don't have that immediately in front of me. All right. Well, go ahead. Pull um, it up and then. You know, but you look on the flip time. side, you know, you look on the flip side with Ohio State. Okay. Yeah. They played Florida Atlantic the first week, but every team. College football plays, you know, some cookie cutter, you know, cupcake team the first week, so they can absolutely stomp them, and then they get into the real meat. You know, they went and played Michigan State, Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin. You know, I think just they went through a better test and a better, you know, level of ability with some of the other teams where Clemson might have coasted a little bit.
2: So their their toughest out of conference game was Week Two against Texas A and M, who finished ranked twelfth. Right. But that game was also at Clemson. So not a true not a true test. Right. You know, meanwhile Ohio State, I mean the Big Ten arguably this year was probably what mm-hmm. the best that it's been, mm-hmm. you know, in the last five years with yeah. how good Michigan, you know, was and how well Wisconsin I mean, how good Wisconsin was. I mean, and Michigan State is always a tough team. So that's why I just think Ohio State's a little more battle tested.
0: I mean it's going to be a close game. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. either way yeah. You shake e- it. Yeah. E- yeah, either way you go with it. I just like Lawrence as a quarterback that's been there and he's not going to get rattled and I think that he is going to really he's flown under the radar this season, you almost want to think. I mean, he's definitely would based off the schedule, he's definitely Well, he has not, because yeah, they
2: just haven't played anybody. He's right. probably not of the games that they've played. He's probably had to finish
0: two of them. Yeah. But either way, since he's already been there, you've already gone through the rigors of being in the tournament to get to the national championship and then win it. You know it's hard to go against a kid, and yeah. it's hard to go against Dabo too.
2: Can I tell you the one thing that they haven't seen though? Chase, Chase Young. Young. Very they haven't seen they haven't seen a defensive end like that. And I don't care how good Alabama's defense is, was, or ever will be. They are not. They were not as good as Chase Young. is, period. Well, Chase Young, who is rumored to be drafted number two by the Giants, no, I mean now that they won, they're yeah. like fourth. So, so I say. hope he goes back to college. <laughs> yeah, I'm selfish. I said he it. Said Go back was. to school, young man. He I know he s- did. He yeah, said he was. So. But, but you can't take these kids I for know, their word anymore. Just... They're blowing smoke. I mean, yeah. Justin Fields wasn't gonna or not uh, uh, the Oklahoma quarterback Hertz wasn't gonna transfer. Well, where's he now? Oklahoma.
0: Hey. hey, you never know. For every Hertz, you get a Tim Tebow that stays for four years. So hey.
2: But but I will die on this hill. Hey,
0: <laughs> he did and brought the Gators to the championship, so I can't be mad at him about that.
2: But going into this though, the, the linebacker that he was supposed to be. Hey, ooh, he still got ooh. he's
0: he still brought home the chip. That's all that matters. NFL did him wrong.
2: But we can No, I'm not, no, joke. Urban Meyer. I'm talking about what Urban Meyer did yeah. in recruiting him. Oh yeah, Urban, yeah. shady bastard. Urban oh, Chris Urban. Leak, he's coming in to play linebacker. Stay, please stay.
0: Yeah, Ur- Urban is an interesting character. And I think that's probably the nicest thing I'll say about that. But going into this weekend, though, I mean, this is why we kind of like the bowls, the series. Because before, I mean, we didn't have the tournament. It was always based on, what, the AP poll? Yeah, yeah, it was just one versus two. Yeah, which uh, you don't really get that true feeling of a championship. I mean, just whoever gets in there, and then there's always somebody on the outside looking. What about me? Yeah. I mean, this helps remedy that a little bit. I mean, granted, because I know people have asked about doing eight teams and make it longer – I don't, I don't see the need
2: for it. I just, I mean, if you're gonna have six power conferences, and eventually, I mean, I just think that that's what this is gonna shape into is just all, you know, there being six power conferences. Then I think you just set six teams into the thing, and then you rank one through six, and then obviously one and two get a buy. Yeah. And I think that's where it will eventually be because you know that that's what college football is ultimately trying to do. That's why the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, that's why they made those power plays to get those teams when they could because they were trying to expand so they weren't the league that folded.
3: Yeah.
0: So, obviously, they are stepping in the right direction with it. And that's the one thing you you have to say about college football. Yeah. I mean, it's a
2: lot better. I mean, my God, the BCS, the Mm – all that it was bad i mean it, it was bad in the sense that especially back in the 90s when it was just the ap poll and i mean you know nordame could be playing georgia in the in the Peach Bowl, but then, you know, Nebraska or Oklahoma could have been playing uh, Alabama in the combo Bowl, and then, you know, Alabama won, but then Notre Dame won, won handedly, and all of a sudden, they're sharing the national title. Yeah. Like, that was stupid. So, at least now, like, there's a playoff, four teams, definitive answers, you know, one versus four, two versus three, and then you get a championship game.
0: Yeah, and that's how it should be. So, And,
2: I mean, the NCAA is making more money, and how can they argue about that?
0: Ugh. Uh, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> I mean, no, no, it's, it's true. You're that's, right. You're um, right.
2: Paul, I'm business, business here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's keep it 100, as the kids will say. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a business. And now they have one extra game tickets, sponsorships, advertisement. Everybody Moolah. wins. Yeah, everybody wins one way or we another. We
5: need another video game,
2: though. Goddamn right we do. That's that's what this segment should have been about. Where's my video game? Dog is coming in with a hot takes today, and ice cream bars. Well, I I mean, I don't want a Tua ice cream bar. It would probably be a pretty plain flavor. Oh, jeez. I want my video game. I want my NCAA 12 or 20. Baby steps first. In my Xbox Platinum or whatever the hell they're calling it (laughs) tomorrow. Baby steps, coach. I will not. I will not accept this. I can't. It made me so mad when I figured out that Xbox 360 games couldn't convert to Xbox One because now I can't play NCAA 14, and it's been four long years, and Madden just is not the answer. And that game that that independent developer came out with, I credit you for doing it, but it is piss poor, and I'm not spending my money on it. Don't care.
0: That being said, this weekend, football. I mean, the bowl season's fun. Bowl season has been fun. So, obviously, they're going to end it on a good note. And Are we national- not going to pick a winner? Are we not going well, to say see- who we're going to win outright? Well, I figure we'll save it to the national championship. We've got to see who yeah. gets there first. All right. Yeah. That's what I was
2: figuring on. I mean, I like LSU. Yeah. I like LSU to win it all. I'll just put that out there now. And they could lose on Saturday, and now I'm going to look like a big dummy. But you know what? I put it out there. Shoot or shoot. Hey, shoot your shot, man. LSU. Nothing wrong with that.
5: Well, I got two weeks between the freaking games,
0: yeah. Too. yeah, Yeah. Gow Tigers. Gow. <laughs> that being said, the games are going to be held this Saturday. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on social media. Use the hashtag ODPH. Hit up at CoachDuffy11. Give him your take on who you think is winning this tournament. G-A-U-E-A-U-X. Gow. And you can please correct him on the spelling. I was say, I don't have the
1: spelling in front of me, and I know that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Was it G A U I X? I think is, it's just.
0: Yeah, it's yeah G-A-U. definitely an I. No. No, it's G E no. A yeah. U X. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. But nice. anyway, nice. Games are the Saturday. Hit us up. Let us know what you think, who's winning, and uh, do you agree with or disagree with Coach Duffy? That's what we want to know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: This is Rich, the host of the 3 Fat Nerds podcast and co-host of the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Now kick it back over to Ken Moneybags and the crew.
0: coming back for the final segment on this holiday edition of the odph podcast pad what you got for that local minute
1: well local minute of course we are talking some binghamton devils hockey uh, looking at their games from last week uh they had a game on friday december 20th where they traveled up to rochester to play the americans where they won by a score of two to one Uh, and then on saturday december 21st they traveled up to syracuse to play the crunch where they lost by the final score of five to two Looking at their games for this coming weekend, uh, they travel back up to Syracuse on Friday to play another game against the Syracuse Crunch, game in time 7 o'clock. Saturday, they return home to play the Rochester Americans, game time 7.05. More information, BinghamtonDevils.com.
2: And Binghamton Bulldogs action, Coach? Yeah, they had a game, another home game, because they forever just play at home, against Westchester, a victory of 130-101, to 101, the Bulldogs sliding into the number four spot in your top ABA 25 poll. They uh, have a game against the 18th nationally ranked Camden Monarchs featuring a once all-time high school elite player in Lenny Cook. Coming to Binghamton, playing wow. for Camden. Yeah, man. Lenny Cook, that, the Lenny Cook, who was 1-2 and two with LeBron James in the class of 2004, uh, now playing for the Camden Monarchs. Uh, and as far as I know, still on the roster, and we'll be playing against Binghamton on Saturday. All right. Uh, that is a course, a 7.05 start at the St. Patrick's Gym over in Binghamton. And for more information, Binghamton Bulldog. Oh, how could I not mention We're on the countdown of Syracuse here. Yes, Coach and I are locked in. We are locked in thanks to Ken over here securing the tickets. Didn't want to miss a beat here. Uh, Last post by uh, the Bulldogs. They are at or around under 100 tickets. Yeah. So... Get your tickets while they're still there because yeah. they will not have them at the door.
0: Yeah, that was the big uh, news breaking from them this week that they are not going to sell tickets at the door. So if you want to go to the game
2: of games this season, I mean for I mean everything on the line in that game against Syracuse for the Binghamton Bulldogs. Yes, they. <sighs> I mean, trying to put it the words
0: in the hype. I don't, I don't think we're doing enough justice. They need to show up and they need to ball out. Syracuse is coming in with the biggest chip on their shoulder, big and, chip, and that is scary. Seeing the sizes of big, Syracuse <laughs> as well,
2: for sure. I mean, because they're all monsters. Exactly. It's, uh, it's like Space Jam in real life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, it was a lot of fun last year. The teams got very, very chippy, and I'm expecting it again, especially with all the social media chatter that we've talked about, the signings, the releases, the moves, the this, the that, the third. Uh, you know, it's going to be very personal, and it's going to be very. Uh, it's going to be very heated so i i highly recommend that if you have not gotten your tickets yet that you do it and if you do get it i highly recommend that you get to that bingham that gym well before 705 because the place will be packed
0: get there early it's going to be it's going to it's going to sell out regardless for sure it's just a matter of get your tickets early get there early get a good seat you're going to see a show yep uh, just depends on who's going to be doing the highlights because <laughs> Syracuse is coming in and they got some ammunition and they're going to be – And they're not playing, yeah. They're not going to be playing around that uh, night.
2: For more information, BinghamtonBulldogs.com or their active Facebook.
0: Yes, and we also have to mention Excite Wrestling, January 4th. Hey, Going down yeah. at the X. Cage match, Tremont and Stockade. Absolutely going to be a wild night. Dog is going to be down there. Finn's going to be down there. Dog, you coming down.
5: I'm always there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> dog's always dog's in the always building. there. He is there. He's always in the building. His Sometimes
5: hi- I have a little problems, but no, all right. <laughs> yeah, you were
0: there last time. That's right. That's right. Yeah, dog is not. A... See, we don't have you behind a paywall like <laughs> like Patreon. We gotta be yeah. careful. <laughs> Yeah, we have, to, we have to watch what you mentioned down there. We don't want to get you kicked out. but Just more, don't
2: bring your outside
0: food in. Yes. Because yeah. you will get in trouble like I did. Yes. ExciteWrestling.com for more information. Johnny Moose is saying that he's going to be making an appearance sooner than later on okay. the podcast. Okay. So we got to hold him to that. Some uh, for Star Wars this past week, and he was talking about that. and so, stay tuned for that, Excite wrestling.com for more information. And let's round those bases and take the show home, shall we?
1: Pad, you want to lead us off? Sure, I'm going to talk a little baseball, but I'm not talking any wilder, outrageous contracts. No, something a little interesting that we might be seeing coming in the next five seasons maybe. Uh, According to the Associated Press, there is a report saying that uh, umpires are agreeing to cooperate with Major League Baseball in the development and testing of an automated uh, strike system as part of a five-year labor contract they announced this past Saturday. Uh, It says the Major League Baseball Umpires Association also agreed to cooperate and assist if Commissioner Rob Manfred decides to utilize the system at the Major League level. Uh, The the people uh, that spoke to the Associated Press in this response uh, report spoke on condition of anonymity uh, because those details of the deal, which is subject to ratification by both sides, had not been announced. Now, this is not the first time we have seen the uh uh, uh, automated strike zone Used in professional ball uh, The independent Atlanta league Became the first American professional league To let a computer Call balls and strikes uh, During their all-star game Back in July uh, The way this works According to the article I'm reading uh, says plate umpire uh, Brian Debrower uh, Wore an earpiece Connected to an iPhone In his pocket And relayed the call Upon receiving it From a Trackman Computer system That uses Doppler radar uh, Also the Arizona fall league which is a you know fall baseball league played out in arizona with some of the top prospects in baseball use it for a few dozen games uh this year at salt river fields so this is going to be something that you know they're they're testing and figuring out and if they want want to they'll put, bring it up within the next five years so something to keep an eye on
3: yeah
0: it's going to be really interesting to see how they do that I, I i'm a little skeptical but i'm going them the benefit of the doubt
1: i think it's something that if they end up perfecting it, quote-unquote perfecting it, or getting it as close to perfect as you can and, and bringing it in, I think can be very beneficial to the game because I think if you watch even just one baseball game, Especially nowadays with not just the national games but the local you know broadcast the local regional sports networks having that you know computer generated strike zone on the screen and you just see some of those where those pitches go and you're like, oh my God, how are you calling this a, a a ball or a strike? it's so you know i've I've seen some balls called strikes pitches called strikes that are in the opposing batters box where there's nobody standing mm. you know I so you know, it'll be good for baseball, I think, if, if they can get it working right.
0: Yeah, I mean, just got to give it the benefit of the doubt. It's just, yeah. I, I don't know, it's just every time they get so technical with well, that kind yeah. of stuff freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. Coach, how about for your base? Well,
2: I mean, in news from today, a one toughest man in the freaking world, mm-hmm. J.J. Watt, yeah. is apparently attempting to make a comeback for this season. Obviously, Torn Peck earlier this uh, season, one of. Possibly the worst injuries that a uh, you know you can have in football or really in sports in general. Um, I mean, it's super uncomfortable. Obviously, a guy that needs to use his chest yeah. and his you know and his arms to be able to move and throw guys around. Uh, you know, cr- tremendous for him for the willingness to come back. Obviously, the Texans would greatly appreciate his return. <laughs> yeah and much needed return. Yeah. Um that would help vaunt that defense. that would help toughen that defensive line. Uh you know, help that linebacker cord, you know, whether they're dressing as the shield or average Joe's gym. Uh <laughs> you know, I, I'd be interested to see what J.J. Watt would have to say when he comes dressed in the locker room. But I mean that again, it's just that is a easily a nine month injury that, you know, takes a minimum Time to rehab and come back from, and he is looking to come back in time for the playoffs.
1: I, saying, I can't help but wonder, Peck injury, came back in a freakish short amount of time. Somebody else we know did that once upon a time. I can't help but wonder if he called him up and said, hey, what did you do for your torn peck injury? That being one John Cena. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, I can't help but wonder.
2: I mean, possibly. I may, maybe use the same doctors. Yeah. I mean, listen, Seth Rollins came back from a torn ACL in six. Yeah, so, some of the, so, and
1: let's be honest, some of these athletes are just freaks in nature Yeah, like that. and
2: some of them are just tough as freaking nails, and I would definitely put J.J. Watt in that category.
1: That's very Have true.
2: you seen the workout commercials? Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> animal. Yeah. Not That being said, he's not the only person rumored
0: to be making an appearance, or reappearance, should I say. Possibly. Dog Dog, you have some Speaking news. Speaking of
5: another possible return, uh, with the Seahawks... Losing their entire backfield, just about
1: <laughs> literally rotating with, past the characters.
5: With Car- Chris Carson suffering a season-ending hip injury and CJ Proscis, there was news today that out of Seattle that Marshawn Lynch was making a return visit to <laughs> possibly see what we can do here and
1: get the skittles. Get them ready. Taste that I rainbow. I don't know who, like, I don't know what company makes Skittles, but call them up and be like, listen, we need, like, a, a C AC, AC 130 what, size plane delivered. What like kind now. of
2: shape is he in? That's what I want to see. What I'm wondering like, just, my God,
5: it's only been, like, he played, I think, October's last year was the
4: yeah. last time. Yeah. He played. yeah.
5: So it's not out of the roaming. Mean, I think he's. Yeah, the but type he, of dude that can show up and You know dude's not putting in
2: two days in the gym though, back squatting three eighty five for reps right now. Like he put that he put the weight room and he was like, ship it somewhere else. I'm not even looking at this thing.
5: Yeah, but if they just I think if he's half what it was <laughs> Whatever. Well, not, I think they just need the energy spark. They're gonna have A big one coming in Seattle Sunday night against San Francisco. So just that beast mode energy and getting everybody fired up, will, I think will help him. If he has
2: 10 carries for 10 yards, that's a win for Seattle. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's all they need. 10 carries, one yard per carry. That's a win. Because he hasn't ran. I mean, it's been a year. Yeah. A year. Look at what happened with Ezekiel Elliott week one. When he missed training camp in all of and mm. all of preseason, he looked like hell against the Giants Week One.
0: Yeah, this is going to be really puzzling. I mean, I I don't know what's inspiring him to come back because I mean I mean I miss him on the sidelines at Oakland. Yeah, I why? Mean, why? <laughs> Marshawn's a different dude. He's man. a different
2: cat, man. He's a different dude. So, and I guess it was up for Pete Carroll. Like Pete Carroll was meeting with him to make the decision. Which is interesting. Well, I think Carroll's got to
0: assess what's what he's going to get. Yeah. Because I think if Marshawn – dog, don't – stay calm when I say this. I think that if he thinks that Marshawn's going to just come in for a game and then disappear, he's going to be like, why waste the time?
2: Was Sean Alexander called? Ooh. Maybe? Maybe I he was reached I, out to? I doubt it.
5: He's older than
2: him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, listen, you got to kick the tread on some tires, all right? I mean, I, I fully agree with you. but it, Was it, Priest Holmes dialed?
0: Wow. Wow, man. Bringing you are, up some names. Are, I mean, you were digging back. All- Ever since we started talking about that video game, man, you were digging the names
2: out today. Well, so, I just, I'm just, i just saying, like, I don't – I mean, it's. I understand the idea of it. I just – I mean, there are guys right now, I mean, that you could get they, that have they've been running. Brought,
5: they've brought in Robert Turbin, who's familiar with that offense. They've okay. brought in – uh, CJ Anderson, they bought. Oh, they did brought, bring in CJ Anderson in for a workout. Alfred Blue last week. So, there oh is, boy, there's a name, Alfred there's, Blue. There's names outside Beast Mode, but I would love if that number twenty-four was back in green and blue on Sunday night.
0: I'm telling you, that would be incredible. I'm telling you, pounding
5: Ma- Sherman back into the ground. I'm telling
1: you,
5: <laughs> I'm telling you, i with that.
1: Whoa! I'm telling you, I googled it. Mars Inc is the company that makes Skittles. They need to like maybe there's an Air Force base nearby. You know, get, get a hold of the Air Force base. Listen, listen, we need to get a lot of Skittles up to the Seattle for Marshawn. We need it ASAP. We we need to, we need some help. Pack out that you know aircraft to the brims with Skittles. I think that'll convince him. Yo, how pissed
2: is Oakland. all those other guys right now that oh. like can't get on a team like Ocho Cinco who was begging for phone calls and Terrell Owens who was Des. like, Hey, I'm still I'm still worked out and then Marshawn Lynch just speed dial, number two, Pete Carroll. What up though? But you know, I, I feed th- me some skittles. I,
0: I think in those circumstances, though, like in, with Chad Johnson and, and To, it's how they left teams. Yeah, Mar- sure. Marshawn. I mean, the only thing you, you could say, and, and I'm not saying Oakland would be mad. They, well, what? Yes, they, they would. No, 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 no. Like, no. But hear, hear me out when I say this. I don't think they'd necessarily be as mad if he went there because of the the history there. I guess. I I, th- I think that they'd still be. All, you know, a little mad, but then again, they get Jacobs there. So, I mean, they're mm-hmm. doing all right. Yeah. In repl- in a yeah, sure, sure, sure. That's true. So, so I mean, I, th- I think that in that circumstance, I don't think they'd be as mad, but even, like I said, when you see, you know, him, uh, Marshawn getting hyphy on the sidelines with the 40 blaring. I mean, that's the image where he's just going <laughs> crazy, just representing Oakland doing that. Like, it, it was just a different dynamic that you fit in with the Raiders. But I but to see him back with Seattle is also a thing, too, because he's synonymous with Russell oh, yeah. Wilson and Carroll. Sure. And, and what they built the up earthquake. there. The earthquake. And dare I say, if he if he trucked
2: right through Sherman. Beastquake.
0: That, yeah. yeah,
1: there you go. Beastquake.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, that whole. <sighs> I mean, you just might not want to meet Bosa in that backfield, though. Yeah, I mean.
1: Yeah. That would put, that would send right back home. Money's still on uh, Marshawn on that one, though. Pfft. <sighs>
2: I don't know. Bosa is wow. a different cat. Homie. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Bosa is a
0: whole animal. That that could be. Yeah, that could be very, very interesting. Come Sunday, so we'll have to stay tuned for that. Because if he comes out there, oh, we'll be resharing uh, Dog's tweets and uh, Instagram posts heavy on the page this weekend. I mean, the, his to his
2: credit, like Dog said, though, I mean, he knows the offense, knows the system, so it's not like. not would be easy. Walking. Yeah, it'd be easy. It'd be easy walk in there. So stay tuned for that.
0: So, for my run of the base, just a very quick one. Uh, UFC fight card this weekend over in uh, Seoul, Korea, I believe. Yeah. So, the main event had some shifting going around because Brian Ortega couldn't fight. The Korean Zombie was fighting the one and only Chan Sung Jung and had a step-up in opponent of being Frankie Edgar, Mm -hmm. who was supposed to be fighting at bantamweight, but decided Mm -hmm. to step up and fight at featherweight for this one and... Something you don't hear every day. Frankie was uh, stopped in the first round. Yeah. 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 Korean Zombie looked amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Actually, it was in Busan, South Korea, uh, where the fight was. Korean Zombie's home background. And, I mean, that place is absolutely lit up. And after he won, he called out Volkanovsky. Uh Uh-huh. Which I am all day ready for that fight. Sign me up. Yeah. And, obviously, for Frankie, where do you go from here? Retirement. Home. Yeah, I... Dog, you have any feelings on this? Back to New Jersey or wherever he's from. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I
2: mean, you can't. I
1: mean, what, I mean, what do you got left to prove?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Frankie has done everything in this fight, and I mean, you could argue a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Definitely his lightweight title run is one of legend. And to see that he's bounced around from featherweight and he was going to drop to bantam, which, I mean, he'd be a big bantamweight. I just I don't know at
2: this stage how he would do. I mean, if you when you're getting when you're known as a tough guy, and then you're getting knocked out in the first round, it is like I mean Chuck Liddell comes to mind. Like yeah. it's tough to bounce back at this stage of your career getting knocked out in the first round because now you're just you're soft, you know. And I not not being disrespectful, no, just yeah. saying like. Now the stigma is out there, like, yeah, this guy is not as tough as he once was. You can knock him off this pedestal. Yeah, I mean, it's just something really,
0: like, I hate seeing it. And and we'll have to see what Frankie wants to do. If he wants to try one more fight, I'd be okay with it. Like, anything you look past his prime, it's not like when BJ Penn was talking about coming back and and just how bad that was. God, So this is definitely a different fight for that. So if he wants to come back, um, you know, I'd be all right with that and if, for Korean Zombie make that title shot. I mean, he the only reason he lost to Aldo is cuz his arm popped out That's during painful. that first fight. Yeah. That it hurts. During that first fight and obviously he had the you know a couple setbacks here and there cuz of different reasons. But man, I who else is there at featherweight you can do? I mean, you could do Ortega, but I want to do it at this stage and obviously sky's the limit. I mean, sign me up Volkanovski and and Korean Zombie. I'm there first day. First day for tickets. So we'll have to see what happens there. So let's go and round out the show with some locks and leaps. Final week, can Pad hang on to it? Dog, do you have your picks? If you want to take a look while we're rounding, we'll definitely let you do that. So, Pad, why don't you kick us off? Who you got?
1: Well, I'm going to look at uh, the one of the one o'clock games, uh, that being the New Orleans Saints and Carolina Panthers. Currently, New Orleans is favored by 13 points. Uh, a lot going on the line for that game, where you still have some of the seating up in the uh, NFC is still going on. You know, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. Uh, so, I definitely think plus Carolina is just bad. They're, yeah. just, they're just bad. I mean, they're sitting at 5 and 10. You know, it's not good. So I think New Orleans is going to be able to pull that one out. Uh, for my leap, dog, you're going to love me for this one. Uh, I'm looking at the Sunday night game where the, the San Francisco 49ers are traveling up to Seattle to play the Hawks. I'm running with the 12th man. I think Seattle's going to be able to pull this one out. Currently, San Francisco is favored by two points. I think Seattle's going to be able to pull this off, really upset uh, for the 49ers, and really throw a monkey wrench in their whole 49ers plan.
0: How are you feeling about that, dog? <laughs> He's a man well, of simple man of words. S-
2: s- little yes. All right, coach. Who you got for your picks? My lock taking Pittsburgh against Baltimore. Pittsburgh favored by two points
1: right now. Baltimore sitting. Everybody. everybody.
3: Everybody. Baltimore
1: sitting. Everybody. And if I'm not mistaken, Rudolph is out for this game, so they're going with the Duck. Sure. Whoever's that quarterback, I don't care. <laughs> Pittsburgh, in a must-win situation, mind you,
2: has everything lined up in their favor right now to win this game. My leap, however, taking the Giants. Four-point dogs. Give it to me. Giants playing well right now. Again, at home. Home field advantage. Home field cooking. Daniel Jones, 354 yards passing. Five touchdowns. No interceptions. No fumbles. Saquon Barkley, 183 rushing yards. Give it to me. I love it. Giants. Fair enough. Dog, who you got?
5: I will update my on my column this week. Oh,
0: okay. Ooh. Ooh.
5: Ooh. coming back. Tales from the Ooh. dog.
0: Yeah. We're getting a blog this week. That's what's up. OchoDuroParlayR dot Oh, dog is coming with the heat this week. Yeah, give a high five for that. Oh dog. man. No, you wanna you wanna see my picks paint for my picks, baby. Oh, Mr. Patreon, hashtag Mr. Patreon right here. All right, so that being said, my picks, you know, I was teetering back and forth with my leap because the Giants were out there and Seattle was out there. And every time I pick Seattle, they've won. So I'm going to go with Seattle yet again with the two points. Big game on the line, big game on the line. Okay. But I'm rooting for the Giants this weekend too. I'm going to make that official too. Hey,
2: I'm just saying. I I think I hate Philly fans more than I hate Dallas fans right now.
1: So I hate them both.
2: Yeah, what
1: for? What Philly and Dallas? I hate them both. oh,
2: get they're not even in your division.
1: I don't care. I hate them oh, both. Pff.
2: Paz just full of anger. My uh, God, that so, yeah. see that's on the flip side. That's like when Giants fans are like, oh, I
1: hate New England for what? I mean, listen, who does Ken Root against this weekend? New England's playing Miami. I rule for a tie. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I mean you root
0: for the arena the p- collapse. No, actually I, I will say this. If if you have to force me to root for a team, I'll root for the Patriots over the Dolphins. I hate the Dolphins that much. Sure, all right. I have a long standing hatred for the Dolphins, right. so
2: more. I mean, to, to what stop playing footsie with me down here, dog. I mean, for whatever you need, man, I, I appreciate that. Okay, dog Dog is too amped up right yeah, now. He's yeah, all he fired is. up, he's like, taking over my table over here. I got yeah. nowhere, I got no leg
0: room. Hashtag Mr. Patreon right yeah. over there. <laughs> and then for my lock, uh, I'm gonna go a little left to center. I'm taking the Colts three, okay. and ha- three and a half over Jacksonville. Oh, okay. they're, they're
2: playing, they're still playing football. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, well, yeah. Jacksonville still playing football. Uh, allegedly, what, allegedly. All right, I, I, I didn't even. Didn't even know the AFC South still was in existence right
0: now because this one has got some playoff implications. Uh, obviously, there's got to be a lot of wins and losses that happen between them. Let's say listen, Oakland is still in it. Yeah, Oakland. I mean, yeah, they need a lot, but they're still in it, right?
1: So, the Colts. So you're saying there's a
0: chance the Colts have uh, if they win. There's like a couple different factors that can go into it. So, I figured that game nobody else was going to take. So, I was like, why not? I didn't. I
2: looked at it and laughed. Moved on.
0: Yeah. So I figure, why not close out the season with that? Because it's going to come down between Pat and Rich for locks and leaps. Andy is creeping in there too. So who knows what's going to happen at the end of locks and leaps. That being said, the music you heard on this episode is that of Fair City Fire. And a little fun fact: Brian Wolf is back in the 607, folks, and is playing at Ransom Steel Tavern this Friday night. As he corrected me when I saw him earlier today. So this Friday, he's got a big show, Ransom Steel Tavern. Uh, Faircityfire.com has more information on that. We'll have to post a link on our Facebook page as well to make sure you go see Brian because he only comes in town a couple times a year. Definitely worth going checking out. He said he's playing at 9 o'clock. We should get there early and check out who else is playing on the show. Where do you find out about all this information? OchoDuroParleyHour.com slash music, so you can find out about Fair City Fire. You can find out about Shout of the Robots, who are actually were featured on the Killer Rabbit podcast this week. Awesome to hear them on there. So check out that episode when you're done listening to this one because it is worth the time and worth the effort. So definitely support Killer Rabbit on that. And you can also find out about Walking Distance Floodlands, who are playing a big show this weekend as well, too. So much music going on in the 607, man. You gotta get on and check it out. You can also check out on OchoDuroParleyHour.com. parlay Points, a complimentary block section where the dog has. Guaranteed, he will have a blog up this week. It could just be Marshawn Woo, and <laughs> you know what? It'll be worth the read, folks. Yeah, I'm just saying. He said he's gonna come with some heat on that blog. Expect to check that out. So, definitely, you can find that on ocho You can find out the ODPH directory on there as well, with links to some of our friends like Off the Cuff Gaming, Excite Wrestling, Three Fat Nerds, Horizon 607, 8122 Productions, which I cannot stress enough. Their Patreon for Love is Scary. Is the best dollar you'll spend all month if you want to just get into the entry level. Derek with an open microphone is about as scary as dog with an open microphone, except it's behind a paywall. So Derek can say whatever he wants, and he did scare the ever-living you-know-what out of Mike C. I can't repeat it on air. I want to. I don't want to get us kicked off of some providers. It's that good. It's that intense. It's that Patreon that you can only get from A122 Productions. And obviously you can find links to our friends of the shows on there pod nation next wave hashtag 607 podcast it's all on there Ocho duro com. so from all of us here at the ODPH we want to say happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everybody as happy well Happy festivus Festivus as well however you're celebrating keep it safe keep it happy and it's hopefully it's a joyous time of year so for the one and only Nostra dogmas
5: I'm all here so I don't get fired <laughs> <laughs>
0: he killed it this episode folks yeah he did
5: for your coach my coach the coach coach duffy
0: good night and have a great holiday the one and only padawan J.
1: john calipari still coaching kentucky
0: and he's gonna stay there he's staying out of the garden i'm your host ken m happy holidays folks and thank you as always for listening to the odph podcast better known as the ocho duro parlay hour see you next time